0: Ladies and gentlemen, may I present, for your intellectual and philosophical pleasure, Running Fast on Raw Dog, Sirius XM Comedy Hits, Channel 99.
1: Such a (laughs) night. Oh,
2: it's yesterday. buddies. It's the Ron A Fez show on a Thursday. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Thursday means a couple things are coming up. Tito's. Closing out the Tito's summer. And today we're going to have a very special Tito's segment on finding your way in life. Um... And two Thursday always means one thing, and that's the halls. Now, when we uh, left off our little... It's kind of an intern showmance, I think, is going on right now. Shelby, try to follow your producer's lead and pull the fucking music down. Do you got it? How come you don't make eye contact with them? They're waving at you. Help Molly with something. Sorry about that. No, well, it is the Molly Show. Um. So. By the way, do you see what he's starting now, too? With the sorry about that? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's
3: not a good thing to get into.
2: He's Fez. He's literally Fez at this point. How come you're not Fez yet?
3: I'm me. Um, Oh, God, that's an awful thought. Be me. That's what I always say. Be me. I
2: got to be me. (laughs) Yeah. If I'm going to make the Atlanta Falcons, I got to be me. (laughs) What a hopeless franchise. I don't know. I've been watching Hard Knocks. I think it's their year. They're going all the way. Um... So Thursday is the days for the halls. Now, for people who haven't seen this, Chris, why don't you give them just like the little Wikipedia backstory of what's going on? Well, this is the Instagram teen drama where two
3: interns, Vito and Norris, begin interning at SiriusXM. And they're
2: really kind of like star-crossed lovers. Now, if I could also point this out. If you haven't followed, you could just jump in. Norris is really pretty, Vito is a guffoon, and that's it. He wants to be with her, but how could he? He makes too many mistakes.
3: More than anything, he wants to be with Norris.
2: Let's see if this week it happens for the two of them. It's starting to look that way. I know this starts off with Norris is having a conversation with Molly, and... Vito's looking around the corner, wondering if today is the day he makes this move.
4: Vito Go to her. Thanks, Jason Nash. You're the best. Hey? Mm-hmm. Okay? There's something I really need to ask you.
2: Oh, oh come my on! God! Come on! Oh my god, he's going to do it! Cliffhanger. It's happening. Yeah. All right, let me watch it again.
4: Vito. Go to her. (laughs) Thanks, Jason Nash. You're the best. Hey, there's something I really need to ask you.
2: Oh, my God. I think he's going to do it. What's he going to ask her? I I think he's going
3: to do it. Zot at Ron and Fez SXM on Instagram.
2: Wow, this was this the first big, serious guest star we've had on the show. His first celebrity, major
5: celebrity that's uh, appeared on the halls, made a cameo. How
2: wow. did
6: Jason Nash get in the
2: halls? Not only get in the Nash, and, and and thanks for playing your 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 role, but not only did he get on the halls, it seems like. He's the spark to get these two going.
3: He's like the, a guru or something. You know, he, he's like the, the, the catalyst.
5: He's not just coming in, oh, hey, there's Jason Nash walking by. He's really making things happen. He's the turn point in this series. All
2: right, people are weirded out. Is there a freeze frame at the end? There's a lot of comments about Molly's hand.
4: Vito! To Go to her. Thanks, Jason Nash. You're the best. Hey, there's something I really need to ask you.
3: (laughs) I think she was just shocked the veto coming up to Narice. All right,
2: send Molly in. Molly, get in here. Um, Is Jason Nash an intern in the halls? (laughs) Or is he even there? Because look in the next scene and it seems like he disappears. Oh. He's, a, he's a mythical being. <laughs> I, I don't think he exists.
5: Or only Vito can see him. He's it's, like Christopher Lloyd in Angels in the Outfield.
2: He just comes in. Don't, uh, dude, I have that in my fucking queue. Oh, I didn't even God. know anything about it. All right, Molly, what's going on with your hands? A lot of people <laughs> writing stuff.
7: I didn't even notice. What did you do? I didn't do anything. I just left it there because I, like, turned to look, and I don't know if I, you know, I talked to <laughs> talk my hands.
4: Go to her. <laughs> Thanks, Jason Nash. You're the best. Hey, there's something I really need to ask
3: <laughs> What a creep hand you got going
2: on, lady. You have a T Rex hand. It's just T Rex down. I'm, I'm talking to Nareesh. What was it like, and first of all, for you, Molly? to work with Jason Nash to work with a guy who's had the number 1 film on iTunes He's
7: incredibly gracious he makes all of the actors around him better Really he didn't make he, he didn't try to make you feel like shit because <laughs> Because I, I am thought, shit.
6: Because <laughs> I thought that's what he would have done. He that's d- what he does. He showed up here to attack me just to get in the halls. We all love him. <laughs> we all love him. I thought he was the worst part of this episode.
5: He wanted to tag it with "Hey, fuck Fez," and I said, "I, ca- I can't put this in
2: here. I can't." What put was this it like for you as a young director to direct somebody who said the number one film on iTunes?
5: It was great. He he really gave me a like a play a playground to work with. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. Now, Molly, What were you doing that was
2: distracting him from blasting the music at the start of the show when both Fez and Chris were jumping up and down trying to get his attention? I don't know. You weren't doing anything, right? He just threw you under the bus. That's what he does. What's that and then he goes like, Sorry about that. Yeah. Sorry about that. I should have done something different. Sorry about that.
7: Well, either way, he has done an amazing job with this episode
3: it's on at Ron and Fez SXM on Instagram it's an Instagram video at Ron and Fez SXM
7: I think people fo- are focusing too much on the hand and not enough on I don't the know plot like I, well I would rather point out it looked like Jason Nash disappeared
2: <laughs> that to me was a big thing but these weird viewers are just going what's with her hand why does her hand freeze like that
3: it's Tyler Durden
4: Vito go to her <laughs> thanks Jason Nash you're the best
2: Hey, there's something I really need to ask. Yeah, Nash is gone. You know, Jim Norton, who's a fine actor, uh, always has a problem with what to do with his hands. Really? He asked every other actor, "What do you do with your hands?" And I was like, "Why is he asking that?" And now I <laughs> see, he doesn't want to have a hook T-Rex hand.
7: I don't think. I don't think it looks that abnormal.
2: Um, viewers Molly. just go back and read this the viewers are bringing up give me some of the comments Vito
3: Oh, Molly's right hand at the end dies <laughs> Molly is frozen in time how did shelves execute a freeze frame only on Molly's hand Jesus come on oh and then there's something very inappropriate what nice tits alright <laughs> I said it was inappropriate he's talking about
2: Vito <laughs> All right. Oh, that's okay, then. Oh, sure. Now, Vito, to me, this is a step-up episode for Vito. Because I was starting to think, well, he's just a pushover. He doesn't deserve her. But the way he goes through that, like he's breaking through the line of an NFL game (laughs) about to make a sack, any girl would be frightened to see this rumbling towards her as she's in a peas and carrots conversation with someone. All right, now when we go back to like the thing, watch their peas and carrots conversation where they're not really saying anything (laughs) at all, just mumbling peas and carrots back and forth. Watch them. (laughs) (laughs) Sound, please.
4: Jason Nash. Look at the peas and carrots. (laughs) There's something I really know.
2: (laughs) He just towers over her. It is kind of scary. I
3: want to lay on top of you and hurt you. <laughs> Molly, shut up. I have to talk to Reese. Hey, hawk hand, get out of the way.
2: <laughs> Molly's hand is
5: like that overacting extra who, like, ruins the scene, and that's all you can focus on now. <laughs>
2: Not that... the fact that the fucking guest star disappeared in the hall, Yeah, that you couldn't line it up. I understand that there was scheduling difficulties on this. <laughs> <laughs> Vito, go to her. <laughs> why, did he, why? Why was he so bigger than life? Did someone mistakenly tell him that this is Shakespearean shit that we're doing there? <laughs> Vito, go to her. <sighs> yeah. Thanks, Jason. you're the best. I was like, "You're the best." It's like a fucking You're movie. the best. Anyone could have told him that. Um, by the way, the Tom Segura. So many people wrote to me about that hysterical story that he told last night, and uh, it's up on the iBank today. But it may have been the funniest story anyone's ever told.
3: It's fucking hysterical. I was in <laughs> tears. This is crazy. Mike Tyson story he's telling. It's totally insane.
2: He, th- now, you were out yesterday. Yeah. Tom Segura, the f- fucking hysterical comedian, he calls us, tells us that both Mike Tyson and Shelby came to his Pittsburgh show, but only one stopped up to say hi. Huh. <laughs> Shelby sees himself as if he is bigger than the former champion of the world.
3: You like being a piece of garbage?
2: Shelby. Which one's a piece? Why is he a piece of garbage? Shelby. Just the opposite. He thinks he's above. He thinks everyone else is a piece of garbage. How are you not following the story? No, I'm saying he's the
3: piece of garbage for thinking that.
2: Yes, that's what doesn't make sense about your logic. <laughs> you know what your big problem is? What's that? Wearing that fucking hat every day. You I... need to get, Yeah, let a little air get into that. Oh, look at that hair! It's gorgeous. It
7: really is.
2: So beautiful.
7: You should do locks for love.
2: Um... You should pour ice water on it. <laughs> All right. Like every other fucking hack out there, who who just did oh, some weird rich person did it yesterday, right? M- uh, oh, Mark Zuckerberg. Z- Zuckerberg. Mm-hmm. Oh come on! Because he didn't want to give money to ALS, <laughs> so he poured fucking ice water on himself. Who seriously? This is the hackest thing that's ever existed. Who would even do this?
7: I I, I did it.
2: <laughs> oh. Why? Because it's trendy.
7: Someone challenged me. If I didn't do it, I was gonna look like I hated people with ALS. No, you have to give them money or you
2: pour ice water on your
7: head. Well, I'm gonna also donate in addition to pouring ice water. But that's
2: cheating. You're either supposed to give money or pour ice water on your head. Why the other, Molly? Well, did you did you YouTube it?
7: Um, yeah, I did.
2: Can we can we watch it?
7: Yeah, sure. I have to find it. It's sort of a
2: send it to the eye bang. We'll we'll take a look at it. We'll do it a little later on in the show. Okay, but I want to do a new thing like this for us. And get a trending. Okay. And my piece, pouring hot soup on your head. <laughs> <laughs> you know? You don't, you don't get mo- give money to ALS? Then you get scalded with hot soup.
7: You should... You, we should do a different disease. Try and raise some more money for a different disease. Or should we do ALS?
2: Now ALS. You're, al- you're already turning off of it. Do it for pneumonia. <laughs> Why don't we do it for this? Depression. So many people are like, you know, this opens up an eye for all of us about Robin Williams with depression. I'm like, uh, it's not the first person I know ever to kill himself. I'm pretty sure I understand depression. Why does everybody act like now we know depression is bad? I
3: didn't realize. Oh. <laughs> didn't realize before this that it yeah. hurt people. Let's
2: Thanks do for he- something for depression. Thanks for the heads up. Okay, we're not going to run your thing because it, it puts your last name on it. Oh yeah. Yeah, so forget about it. Bummer. So the point is this. Do another one with hot soup. (laughs) Okay. As hot as you could possibly get it. I'm thinking vegetable soup, so little pieces of meat will stick to people's face. Scalding meat burns. (laughs) I was also kind of thinking chowder, just to get messy with it. I'm sorry, is this yours, Chris? Why don't you do something on your own?
7: Now he has to do the hot soup challenge.
2: I know. You want to do that thing where you pour shots down your throat. I nominate me for this Jack Daniel's fucking award. Glog glug glug. Even in there you had to put fucking in the middle of it. This Jack Daniel's award would have been plenty. Um it's
3: like second nature it's a or first nature. It's first nature.
7: Yeah, a ton of ice bucket challenges, though. Like, uh, um, my Facebook newsfeed is just people doing the ice bucket. And then there's also interspersed with angry articles, people being like, this doesn't raise money for ALS. It doesn't. <laughs> well, actually, their donations have just skyrocketed.
2: Yeah, but what about the other charities? I feel bad for them. <laughs> this is going the way of Coney. Someone's going to find
3: the person who did this and, like, take and them Is down. ALS
2: Lou Gehrig's disease? Yeah. 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 Well, how do you get Lou Gehrig's disease and then call it ALS? It should be, uh,. LSD. (laughs) I don't get the whole fucking scene, though. I don't get... Who started this and why?
7: It was actually a BC alum. Nice. Named Pete Freights, who was diagnosed with ALS, and then he did it, and then he challenged a bunch of people, and then it...
2: Did he catch it at the college?
7: Catch ALS? Yeah. I don't... Thinks-
2: you better Clorox down that room of yours.
7: I don't think that it can be spread do- like
2: that. Are you in a dorm? Yeah, it comes from like dirty surfaces. Yeah. So just scrub everything down <laughs> from yeah. like dirty surfaces. <laughs> now, are you in a dorm room or have you your own apartment?
3: Uh,
7: in a dorm room. Still? Yeah. You're I don't know, fucking cheating, dude. I know. Come on, you gotta run this shit.
3: <laughs> Get an apartment for yourself. Throw some keggers. are you just
2: like sleeping four feet away from another person.
3: <laughs> I
7: like sleeping four feet away from another do you really? person. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's homie. It's communal living.
2: What's your, what's the, what's the, your roommate's name? Liz. How many times do you think this happens one o'clock in the morning?
7: Liz, <laughs> are you still awake? You would be shocked. <laughs> what you <laughs> thinking about, Liz? Liz. Sometimes I call her Lizard to switch it up. Lizard. <laughs> do you think I'm pretty? I don't
2: know.
3: There's this guy in my psychology class, Lizard.
2: Lizard, <laughs> is my hand weird and frozen? <laughs> Does my hand look like a talon to you, Lizard?
3: Lizard, how'd you like my fake talking in my Instagram video? Peas and carrots, peas and
2: carrots, peas and carrots, peas and carrots. Hawkin. <laughs>
7: I'll just have you know that it wasn't a peas and carrots conversation.
2: Um... I want you to shut your eyes for a second while we promote this up on the iBank today. JL, uh, JLo's new song, Booty. She's put out a picture for the single for Booty. Oh, Jesus Still Christ. Still got that booty.
3: Still got that booty. Booty.
2: Booty. By the way, that's everything that you're doing is just as good as her song. Booty. 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 Big ol'
3: booty.
6: Big ol' ass. Big ol' booty.
2: Shake it, spank it, shake it, spank it. Work that ass. Work that
6: ass. Shelby, could you answer the phone, please?
2: Why? Who's calling?
6: I have no idea.
7: Should I go in there and answer it?
2: Yeah, that's what he's trying to say. He wanted you out. Angry. Sorry, we were just having fun with her. So this ass, she's still got it, right? Yeah, that's... um, I think it's unbelievable. It's a fine ass. I think she could win the Miss Bum Bum contest in Brazil, which I won on fucking TV, by the way.
3: There has to be like a feed of it, at least, from like some Brazilian weird pirate television. (laughs) I mean, I don't know if they have television stations in Brazil. I'm going (laughs) to guess they don't.
2: Who was on the phone, Shelbs?
5: I answered it and they hung up.
2: All that to stop my break. We were doing the booty song. It was great. Booty. Booty. Big old ass and booty. Work at it. All right. So there's a picture of her ass. And I'm going to say I don't. I don't have anything bad to say about this. I think it's exceptional.
3: See, people were questioning. Even myself. I was wondering, does she still got it?
2: Now, can I just ask you one more thing, because I was going to go for it, and then I stopped it. Yeah. Is there possible photoshopping to that ass?
3: I'm it, Looking at any photo today, you have to ask that question. Right. I'm just going to guess no, though. I'm going to say this is not, because I bet she would, real because these things get leaked sometimes. Yeah. And if she got caught doctoring her own ass, she'd never hear the fucking end of it.
2: Now, um, yeah, that is true. Now, this is, song is unbelievable, and this picture, a booty, is unbelievable. But where do you hear the follow-up? Pussy. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> pop that pussy. Pop it, pop it. Pop it. Pop it. Lift it, a laugh, Lift it, a ride. Pussy. pussy. Leave me, uh, leave me uh. Hope
3: the remix will be clicked. All right. What what'd Dude, I say? You
2: fucking what? get blunt instead of...
3: <laughs> I didn't mean to say that.
2: Okay, here's what people were saying. That Molly wasn't holding a drink and then magically had one.
3: Okay, well, I'm going to...
2: Let's go back and take. Yeah, let's go back and take a look at that. Did you remember this, Shelby?
5: I know she had an iced coffee at some point. Uh, There's some moving
2: around. See these continuity is the most important. First of all, if you can't keep continuity in six <laughs> seconds, you're the worst fucking director ever. Let's see this.
4: Vito, <laughs> go to her. <laughs> Thanks, Jason Nash. You're the best. Okay. Oh There's God. I really need to ask
3: you. Yeah, there was no drink in the first like two Six shots. Six seconds,
2: of them. and you couldn't keep continuity. Six fucking seconds. Come on, bro. She got thirsty really quick. Um, although. Chris Stanley, I remember another scene that you shot that for some reason, Norris went from straight hair to curly hair. Yeah. in one fucking six-second scene.
3: No, it was it was. She had straight hair downstairs in one video. And the next video, She's upstairs and has cur- curly hair. So you know she got teased in the elevator. I don't know. Is tease the right word? I don't know shit about.
2: All right, that's, all right. Good. that's a good word you used from the 1950s, but still good, still fitting. All right, good. Um, we're going to do our Tito's uh, break today. Um, and by the way, if you want to go back and see that on the halls, that's called Elevator Beauty Parlor. Um, that's the episode that Chris made, the strange directing thing. And All right, so now we not only have Hawken, uh, and a fucking guest disappears... And then a coffee cup uh, uh, appears. Now, here's my belief. Yeah. Jason Nash is that coffee cup. He Whoa. he disappeared and turned into her coffee cup. And she,
3: uh, Jason Nash, is inside of her. And this is all at Whoa. Rod. Safe
2: zone. Save zone. Why? Oh,
3: Safe zone. And she's drinking Jason Nash. It's yeah. Molly. I, I know. This is all at Rod and Fez SXM on Instagram.
5: This was a real whirlwind shoot.
2: I don't know why. It sure didn't need to be. Um, hey, Chris. Chris from Philly. Go ahead, buddy.
8: Hey, Ronnie. Uh, I just want to let you know that uh, Iggy Azalea has a song entitled Pussy and has a music video for it and everything. You might want to check that out. Um,
2: no. I'm not going to check it out. Not today. She's a weirdo. Yeah, I'm not into that whole thing. I mean, don't get me wrong. Fancy is the song of the summer. I get it. We can recognize that. Yeah. I can recognize I don't have to like it.
3: Look, I recognize she has a giant ass, but it doesn't mean I have to like her music.
2: <clears throat> I would not even be able to hear that music because my face would be right in my JLo ass.
3: <laughs> Huge.
2: <laughs> I'd be like, go ahead and sing if you want to. I will not be hearing it. Bring that down, would you please? Thanks.
3: I don't have to hear it. Please, no Iggy. Only Iggy plays here is Iggy
2: Pop. I'm the passenger. (laughs) (laughs) He has a lot of uh, things that start with I. It's all just first person with Iggy. He's, He's about himself. It's fine. Sure. Why wouldn't it be Fine. Um I think we got a break here. We're gonna do Tito's uh today. And no one else, including you, knows about this, Chris. I don't know about it at all. But it's gonna be a very special Tito's today. I like special Tito's. Why? It's the first one. How would you know whether you liked it or not? <laughs> well, you yeah, I'm it's... glad that you're agreeable, uh-huh. But You don't know what why are you writing stuff down? Just I'm writing this... you a note. Shelby has big lips and no nuts. Mm-hmm.
3: How
5: is that pertinent, what we're talking about?
2: Uh, I write him all
3: sorts of shit about you during the show. Don't worry about it, all right? This one you just chose to read out loud.
2: Shelby, will you get
3: that phone? Shelby, the phone's ringing off the hook. <laughs> get Molly in there.
2: Did you uh put Jason Nash in that just to piss off Fez? <laughs> I did. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Partly that,
5: man. He's an immense talent. He would really bring it to the He show. is an amazing talent, That It was
2: fantastic. Uh, Jason, you're on the run of Fez Show. What's going on, guys? Yeah.
8: So uh, what would be a Saturday for Fez? Mikey D or Jason Nash?
2: They'll both bury Fez, let's face it. <laughs>
3: And they'll fucking...
2: They'll each be his paw barrel on both sides of that fucking trash can that we fucking have him carry him to his grave with. (laughs) Only the best for Fez. Fez is the best. Got him this Rubbermaid. Big turn on Big Brother last night, huh? I think Nicole's getting voted out tonight. I haven't
3: followed. All I know is the gay guy is the brother of some young girl pop star.
2: He fucking told everybody last night that he's the brother and they all just looked at him cuz they don't know who the girl is.
3: Yeah, cuz she's like 18 or something. She's like a, she's like for little kids.
2: And she's a fucking maroon. What's her song? It's not fancy. What's it called? Less than fancy?
3: Fancier. No, I, I don't...
2: Molly, what's the name of uh this pop song that this little girl does? What's her name?
7: It's called Problem by Ariana Grande.
2: I got problems. Problems bae. How she's like fucking
3: seventeen and she's a giant pop star. You don't got no problems, lady. Her problem is it. <laughs> oh no. Is this is fancy. Which
5: one's this? This is fancy problems. No, seriously, which one is it? This is problem, but it actually has a gazelle on it. She's on every track this summer.
2: Oh, she's like this year's version of Happy. I guess so it's... Like the fucking Happy guy's name is? Smokey Bear?
3: <laughs> no, it's uh,
2: Pharrell. Pharrell. Well, Pharrell. I didn't even know that dude was 41. What? Yeah. I, didn't know.
3: I thought he was like fucking 30
2: or something. I know. It hell? don't crack, bro. It don't crack. It's Great skin it on looks him. good, man. <laughs> the a tiny little body.
3: Makes the hat look even bigger.
2: I know. Hey, um... Here's Johnny. You're on the Run and Fez show. Hey,
9: guys. Hey, Chris. You have this Ariana Grande. 19, one day, 18, 17, 16. It's all She's thing. 21. What? She She's has not 21. And you guys should Google her singing at the White House this year. Like, Patti LaBelle was there, Rita Franklin. She sang a Whitney Houston song. I couldn't believe what came out of her mouth.
2: Come. This
3: little girl. Nasty, bro.
9: So, just to let you know, she's 21.
2: All right, thanks. All right, guys. All right, Chris, I don't need all the bad info from you. I, if I'm going to track the song of the summer. I know that's what the song of the summer
3: is. This problem song. out. This girl just looks incredibly young. That's all. What's the
2: song of the summer to you? It's fancy. Fancy is just, that's it. Molly, you agree with the fancy?
7: I found a new song of the summer. I think it's um, it's called Loyal by Chris Brown. It's got a lot Loyal. of swear words in it, but I heard it last night, and I think this is this is going to be the, the song of the summer. It's
2: too late to come popping in with a new song of the summer. Yeah, you can't have it. It's, it's the middle of August. One or two? I'm going to guess two. Jeez. It's going to take a while. All right, someone just wrote to me, where's this Tom Segura story at? The Interabang has put it up. Under what title, Chris? Do you have the title for me? Tom Segura. Uh, It's on the front page on the top.
3: Right at the the top, right on the front page. Tom Segura met Mike Tyson, and it's the greatest story ever.
2: I actually uh, was telling two people about this, and I'm like, I'm not going to be able to tell it properly. And I did a really poor job of telling the story because I had only heard it once. And they were rolling on the fucking floor. <laughs> and then I, I, I'm in my mind, I'm like, why does Mike Tyson bring such joy to people? People love him, man. People do love him. Like,
3: it's like some weird energy he brings in. And people just are like, they're like mystified by him. They're interested in him. They just want to hang out with Mike Tyson.
2: And you would have thought, in terms of like the admiration of American uh, public, uh, that he would have blown it by now.
3: Yeah, he he assaulted another man in the ring by biting his ear, and then got a face tattoo.
2: Well, you're not even bring up the rape, dude.
3: Oh, he's way over that. He's way past
2: that. Um, Bill, Jersey, you're on the Run Face Show. That big ass card over twenty nine, eight seven, and five, my buddy. Old school, buddy.
8: Oh hell yeah, big guy. Hey Ronnie B, I can't stand that fucking Ariana Grande. Whoever the hell she is, I don't even know her songs. I can't stand. I can't stand her brother Frankie on Big Brother. Jesus
2: Christ, that guy's a pain in the cock. Who do you like on Big Brother? I gotta go with my man Derek. Derek's running the show. He's a puppet master. Can I just tell you something about Derek? He's yeah. Overplayed himself. He's the cop. He's overplayed himself. The person who's going to win the show, I believe. That is, chick with the tattoos? It, no. Cody. The guy who's done ah. nothing but be attractive. Oh, he, yeah. He's going to get to the end. as he won anything? As they, no. Doesn't win shit. Hangs around with other people. Barely talks. Rubs girls' backs. Uh, has an eight-pack. <laughs> He's going to win because, as they start to pick each other off, he's just going to glide in.
3: And he's just going to slide under the radar because yeah. no one's going to see him as And
2: Brett. then he's going to get up there, and everyone's going to go, "You know what? I don't hate Cody. He never lied to me.
3: That's he didn't true. do shit. Actually, I never had a conversation with him in two months.
2: Yeah, I didn't even know he was here. My fucking so that's like, my favorite that's thing like, would be Cody and Victoria at the end. Who the
9: hell is that Victoria chick? I don't even know who the hell she is.
2: Uh, you know, she's just a Jewish-American princess from down in Miami, just no. hanging out this summer, having no idea. Like, she doesn't even know that she's like vote-offs. What do you mean? She's seen the show before? Yeah. Who's getting voted off? Why? Why can't we all just stay here? She's a
8: How's my fucking... man Fezzi's neck doing?
2: Oh, God, he's doing so good now.
8: Uh, Have you got the neck brace off yet?
2: No, still rocking oh. it.
8: Uh, dude, this is going to go on for years now. Jesus Christ.
2: Just like the shirt. Just like the shirt. Fucking
8: Peace.
2: I, I will admit this and maybe I'll talk about this later on in the show, but Jason Nash actually has me in thinking a lot about the stuff that he laid on me. He, he about really, me and Fest. No one else ever, you know, brings that stuff up to me. Except for Jason Nash. He's an open guy. Why can't you be an open guy? Why can't I have some fucking trust in you, Chris? You can trust me. Why don't you do anything like that? Why could Jason Nash come in here, turn all of our fucking problems back to us, and then we can look at them and try to fix?
3: Uh, maybe because he's just coming in as a as a guy who loved the show, listener. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Why don't you love the show? I listener? do love the show. You never listened before you start working of here? Of course I did. Then why can't you, Jason Nash, for me?
3: I have to find the J. I should have to find the Jason Nash inside me.
2: Yeah. And I hope it's the actual Jason Nash. Oh, I hope he doesn't want to fuck me. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, Jesus. He's really fucking hitting it.
2: Well, maybe it just doesn't feel good enough to he <laughs> <I'm> gonna... <laughs> is... Fuck. This isn't so great.
3: <laughs> Why did I want to do this? I guess for, you know,
2: raping. All right, we got to Tito's today. What else we got to jump into? Oh, we got a big announcement to make. Real big. About the replay. Yes, the replay. The replay that we were promised by Johnny Mac, that Tim couldn't deliver, that Gil wouldn't deliver. We will have an announcement on that. Today. Giant. Today. Today, today. And then I guess that means that you don't have to use this thing over here. You can go... Use the other one. Yeah, nice. Mm-hmm. All right, we will make that announcement today, and uh, oh, uh, what's that, Chris? No, no, no,
3: nothing. That was nothing. That was just my arm
2: moving. You're doing peas and carrots at me. I <laughs> have T Rex hands.
3: T Rex hands are fun.
2: You should just fucking when you hit the freeze frame, just start playing Bang-a-Gong right there. <laughs> I would love that. Um, I got a break first. We'll be back with a very special Tito's It's the Ron and Fez show.
8: Ron and Fez on Raw Dog Comedy it's Hits. Channel.
2: It's the Ron Fede Show, following our rejoiner music. Uh, Today's Thursday, and that's Tito's Day, and that's the day that we normally open things up and talk to the audience. And there's our big Tito sounder.
10: It's time to tell us how you're living like Tito on the Ron and Faye show. About eight years ago, I quit and uh,
9: started my own kind of energy consulting business to leave that corporate world. For me, it was a big job.
6: I quit my job to start the handkerchief shop.
10: Tito's Handmade Vodka is America's original craft vodka. And then at 32 years old, I had my first amateur MMA fight. Then I finished the
8: guy in like two and a half minutes in the first round. I had to walk into my boss's office and tell him I was quitting to start a band with my old friend. Tito's Vodka is probably the best vodka I've ever had. I'm originally from Russia. They call me the Russian.
2: Visit them at
1: Tito'sVodka.com.
8: But
2: well, we thought we'd do something different today than just talk to the listeners because we have our own person at our own Tito's Crossroad. Molly Bean going to college. Yes. And struggling with, I guess, your major, your direction, and then your head got clouded by this shitty thing that I like to call radio.
7: <laughs> well, what happened was I was on a one path, yeah. and then it was intercepted, but um, like in a, in a way that I never ever expected.
2: You never thought that you would like radio. No,
7: I well, I didn't even really. I didn't even okay. No offense. Realize that like that there was this whole like you know that there so many different careers that you could make in radio. I thought that you know there was like I, I just didn't. I had never even really thought about it.
2: Well, first of all, let me just say I'm offended <laughs> because I think everyone should think about radio every day.
7: <laughs> I did. I
2: know you're at a crossroads. Right. Yeah. Because you shared a paper.
7: I did. With me. I wrote a paper. Shared it with Ron.
2: Yeah. You don't have to do the details. <laughs> But, I forgot, and Chris Stanley, you were in college, right? Yeah, I was. I forgot how stressful and confusing it is for young kids when they think, what am I going to do? Where am I going to go? What will I do? And, and one of the reasons like things happen is like some guy will get a job, I don't know, unloading trucks at some place. Let's say at a supermarket. Yeah. And then 10 years later, he finds himself the assistant manager of the supermarket, (laughs) and he's like, I just was unloading trucks. Is this my career? Is Is this what I'm doing? And then he's like, well, why would I quit this? I've put 10 years into my supermarket career. By the way, I don't go to Marketplace until everybody comes back. I'm part of that boycott, along with the employees and the owner. I know you understand because you know you don't understand, Chris, because you know nothing about New England. I know. So here you are, Molly. How old are you?
7: I'm 20. And you haven't made up your mind yet. No.
2: Jesus Christ! I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out. Yeah. All right. I want to give you a couple ideas what you should be doing with your life. Okay. You start make a vodka at your house. (laughs) Work on it. Over and over and over, till you find like it's really tasty. Then you take it out, share it with some friends. Okay, get that word of mouth out.
7: It's risky though.
2: Yeah, go through the incredible amount of paperwork with the government that it takes just to sell something. By the way, that's something I I, I definitely want to talk to Tito sometime and like figure out how come people who like grow tomatoes just can't sell tomatoes without there being all this problem doesn't make any sense. You it's really it. hard to be in business in this country. Um, so, Molly, we want to figure out what you want to do, what direction you want to go into. And there's Chris Stanley, and I'll tell you this. He screwed around in college. Yeah. Uh, came in here, again, just like yourself, on an uh, internship. And look at him now. He's still sitting there, <laughs> wondering... <laughs> Why he has two podcasts, yeah. and he's on this show, yeah. and he doesn't even know why.
7: But I see this what? more as a happy interception, like a, kind of like a happy accident.
2: People say that when they're fucking up. I know. (laughs) No, no,
7: no. No, no. let me just say this. I
2: remember when I would do a speedball, and I would think to myself, this is fucking great. (laughs) Coke and heroin, I feel so good. Why would I go to work? So just because something feels fun (laughs) and good doesn't mean it isn't going to lead to your total destruction.
7: Okay. I never thought about it like that.
2: I don't know whether, here's my thing. Maybe my job should be to try to talk you out of this dying business.
7: You think that the radio is going to lead to my destruction?
2: I've seen it happen with a lot of people. Most of the dead people I know worked in radio, and they had a lot of fun, and then they died.
7: <laughs> is, isn't, you know, everyone's going to die one day.
2: Yeah, but you don't want to do that in your 30s. Okay. Okay?
7: That's true. You want a nice,
2: long life, find a good Catholic boy who raises your children Catholic, well baptized proper... Yeah. I
7: mean, we'll see about that part.
2: You don't want to chew up your babies. <laughs> Save us So that. we've got to figure out what is your... First of all, you were going for a psychology degree, right? I was. Let me just say this. Fantastic idea. <laughs> Most people are... Either have anxiety disorders or depression disorders, and that spells bucks. That's money. Right. So you would sit and listen to all day why people drone on about their problems.
7: Well, let me rewind for one second. When Mm. I was getting that psychology degree, it's actually in the education school. So I was going to maybe be like a guidance counselor or something like that.
2: Fantastic. (laughs) Steady work. Summer's off. You get to be drunk at work. Uh (laughs) No one's going to know. What's a kid going to know
7: that you're drunk? Well, there was that Oklahoma teacher that just got in trouble for showing up drunk to school.
2: Yeah. Took it a little too far. <laughs> I'm saying a nice, comfortable buzz. Not Chris Stanley drunk. I'm blacked out. Just, yeah. All right. So you were going to be a guidance counselor, right? Yeah.
7: hmm I went into the education school. I was, I had an a, the great applied thing, psych major. Yeah.
2: A great thing about that is that you tell little kids to keep going to school. <laughs>
7: I think I could do that job without
2: any training. I could sit in that office, and I'd be like this. Mr. Smith, are you in here again? (laughs) Time for you to buckle down, young man. (laughs) Let me tell you a little story about the squirrel (laughs) and some other animal. The squirrel was good. The other animal was bad. Get back to class. The other animal, yeah, yeah. What was the other animal that just like ate all their fucking nuts and had the time of their life? I have
7: no idea. All
2: right, that's something you learn in school. Boston College will teach you that.
7: Okay, I'll I'll go back.
2: So that's a wonderful career path you were on.
7: Thanks, but then I got the opportunity of a lifetime.
2: Don't even say (laughs) it. Don't do that. Don't.
7: And I came here.
2: No, 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 no. And I've been learning
7: so much. No,
2: you haven't. Yes, I have.
7: And I've been meeting amazing people, and I think this is the right business for me.
2: I, I l- Let me just say this. Maybe we've mm-hmm. just rose this up too much. It's a dark... <laughs> awful business where people, where formats change and you sit on the beach and wait for your next gig and it feels like you're not going to get the next gig and it's just, and then you're saying to your kids, all right, good news, we're all going to Oklahoma City. (laughs) You know, this is great.
7: Adventurous.
2: It is adventurous and it is fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's for 99% of the people, there's not a lot of stability.
7: Right. But is there any real stability anymore? I mean...
2: Yes. It's the education (laughs) process. There's always going to be kids. They're always going to be stupid. People always have to tell them the story about the squirrel and the other animal.
7: (laughs) The other animal that no one Uh, can remember. Chris,
2: if you had the chance to do this over, would you do radio? Yes. Chris, I'm trying to (laughs) help a young person. Okay? (laughs) Look at you. Yeah. It took you two years to fix a window in your house. You have no (laughs) skill set. I don't. You have no life skill set outside of working here. Yeah. You're at the track or the liquor store. And by the way, bad news for you. Yeah. They're shutting down the subway in... On on the Upper East Side, perhaps the greatest dive bar of all time.
3: Uh, from the outside and the inside, it is just a it's, it is like dive bar. You think dive bar? It's a Subway Inn right on 59th Street and Lexington Avenue. Yeah, it was. It's an amazing, and the people inside it are all nuts.
2: Seventy years it's been there, and Bogart used to get drunk there. It's a place that you can go in in the middle of the day, and then it's as dark as midnight. It's amazing. I've never been to a meeting that somebody hasn't brought up sub, th- that subway fucking uh, in, because uh, you get right out of the subway and head into it. It's literally. It looks like it got put together by a movie company.
3: And yeah, it's real. You don't think it's real looking at it? Like, yeah. That's obviously some corporate chains idea of it. But it is it is a gen it was one the, of the greatest guy bars.
2: The the guy from uh Bar Rescue, what's his name? John Taffer. <laughs> he would walk in there and say, Don't touch a thing, and then he would drink until he passed out. <laughs> and they're closing it because obviously that property breaks my heart. It's worth so much money it's, yeah, it's cross-street from Bloomingdale's. Okay, so that's that could be your future if you follow Chris Stanley's advice.
7: He's living his dream.
6: Molly's having her Tito's moment. Tito's Handmade Vodka distilled six times from 100% corn and is naturally gluten-free. Visit titosvodka.com. Handcrafted to be savored responsibly. Distilled and bottled by Fifth Generation Incorporated. Austin, Texas. 40% alcohol by volume.
7: I mean yeah uh, it's it's unstable it uh it has this very high highs and very low lows but i think it's uh
2: you're not dropping out of college though right no okay you're gonna finish college right okay but still with the same degree
7: yes okay
2: That's better because there's nothing more worthless than a communications degree. Zero. Yeah. They they
3: should just abolish it from colleges. Right. No one's learning any practical skills in their communications class at their liberal arts college.
2: Well, here's the other thing about radio, too. Because technology is changing so fast. No one knows. And, you know, just the last couple of years with podcasting, satellite radio, everything about Terrestrial radio is really suspect right now. Right. And, of course, podcasting and satellite, there's not enough there to know whether they're going to be around for, you know, 40 years themselves.
7: Yeah. Yeah. This is all true. It's, uh, I don't know. I don't want to. (laughs) Well, you really think I shouldn't pursue this?
2: I, I, I would not take it. Upon myself to tell you what you should do with your life. Okay. But I I, I, I worry from reading your paper that you don't understand <laughs> how terrible but this business the, the, can be.
7: But the contrast between what I was doing and what I'm doing now is I mean, just like a just like a brief uh, synopsis is basically that I was doing terribly in one of my classes and I had to like there was one scene in the paper where I was literally pulling staples out of a telephone pole to try and put up flyers for a study that I was doing. And then I went home and I got to come back here.
2: Right. So I don't want to be compared with <laughs> reusing things to put up flyers.
7: No, it's the contrast I'm saying. I
2: understand, but I could show you other contrasts. You know, here's the thing. You're in Midtown Manhattan Yeah. working... And set, most radio is some place on the outside of town in some shitty-looking building right. that no celebrities stop by. Well, it's
7: not really about the celebrities, you know.
2: What is it about? It's What's about the juice for you?
7: The juice is that you can reach so many different people and, I mean, like you said this, that, that, like you, that you can connect strangers, that you have that.
2: I should have never said that. What I should say is I'm going to ask your parents not to sue me because they've invested money in your future.
7: They think that this is going to be great for
2: me. No, no. I need them in here to give them a Tito's moment. How's your family so supportive?
7: They're very supportive.
2: What's that like? It's great. Because my old man said to me the other day, you sure this is for you? Doesn't seem like it. BP's hiring.
7: <laughs> nice. Listen, I figure I've got like a solid ten years to spend trying to make it in radio, and then you know, and then we'll see if you know. And who knows what's going to happen? Like you know, maybe again. Me, I'll,
2: me I know what's going to happen. <laughs> a honey. Decades a long time. Heartbreak.
7: <laughs> I think you're just being pessimistic. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, I thought you said realistic. <laughs> 'Cause it's the same thing to me.
3: Well then, you, then you're thirty and you're smoking Russian cigarettes. I won't. Drink look at this. Look, there's no English on this cigarette pack. You know these things taste terrible, Molly, okay? I'm try- you're mourning a fucking hole in the wall bar where just so you hope you can get a fucking a shot a buyback. Hopefully after you fucking get pounded drunk there. Alright? I'm thirty
2: one years old, Molly. Look at me. Well, Hold on. You're only thirty-one. That is horrifying. Yeah. What? What's that supposed to mean? Because you look sixty, and a and a rough sixty. I shaved. Check it out. Oh, really? Is that it? Is that what those bandages are? What did you shave with? A butter knife or a can opener? I don't have a steady hand. All right, we gotta help you. You make one of these columns, right? Debit, credit, okay? What's good, what's bad. What's good about radio? Nothing. (laughs) What's bad about radio? Everything. Now, let's move on to your other major. What is it?
7: Okay, my major is applied psychology and human development, and my minor is management and leadership.
2: Well, you are a great leader. Thanks. Why would you want to lead radio idiots? (laughs) You've sat in meetings here. You've seen they do not listen. They don't. They will agree every day. Yes. Yes, I will. I'll do it. I'll do it, Ron. And then I see it the next day. I didn't do it. I'll do it tomorrow. That's what your life is going to be about.
7: Well, I think I see it as a challenge and an interesting life's work.
2: I feel. Here's my only problem with this. If you were uh, some kid off the street and you walked up to me and you just said this, I would laugh and say, Go for it. <laughs> but I don't want to feel like I'm any reason at all why you made this decision.
7: This internship is the best thing that has ever happened to me.
2: I don't like that thought. It's true. I don't like that thought. But look
7: at where I am right now. I feel like I'm at the center of the universe.
2: The universe is an amazingly big place. Yeah. And there's never any microphones there, most of the time. (laughs) Most of the places you go, it's void. This thing that you're looking at, this microphone, is like a crack pipe that people just start to like, oh, this feels good. And then they stay here. And then the rest of the day, they're like, I'm going to get back to a microphone soon. Later, somebody will say something on the street, and you're like, hold it. Hold it from the air. I don't want to talk about it now because this is life, so it doesn't matter. This is, I want you to be careful with your decision.
7: Okay. I'm going to be careful, but, you know, you got to follow your dreams.
2: No, don't follow your
7: dreams. (laughs) That's the worst advice that he would ever had.
2: Be practical. Yeah. Joseph Campbell said, follow your bliss. And I believed him. Yeah. I believed him. And now look, he's dead. (laughs) See how it goes, Molly? Yeah. And I wish what he should have said is follow your dad's advice and go get some civil service thing and just go work in a cubicle someday. I don't want to work in a cubicle. Yeah, you would love it in there. It's nice and cozy and warm.
7: Yeah, you do have your own space.
2: Yeah. And then you get to put like little funny comic strips up and sometimes there's a birthday and you get cake. Yeah. Everyone comes in for cake. (laughs) What is this, sheet cake? Of Molly. Why do people buy cakes at a supermarket? They love it. Seriously. Because last minute. It's it's the worst thing. No one even enjoys it. Oh, I forgot
3: that it was his birthday day. Let's go to the supermarket. (laughs) Look, there's an oil boom in Nebraska. There's a lot of work out
2: there. (laughs) I'm not going out
7: to Nebraska.
2: I just feel that we. Did the wrong, particularly after I read your paper, I was thinking to myself, Oh, this is so sweet and then f- then a thing of doom comes <laughs> over me, and I think, Oh my God, what did I do to this very bright, exceptional young woman?
7: No, I was on the straight and narrow, and then I got into more creative and and um, interesting and, like, more fulfilling area of work.
2: Right. Creativity is death. Let me explain that to you over and over. Creativity is like a bad girlfriend that you feel like, oh, the sex is great, and then later you're sleeping, and she pours kerosene all over the bed and lights it on fire. (laughs) That's what being in a creative job is like. I want you to look over at a shell of a man wearing the same shirt and having a neck brace. Is that where you want it? By the way, he's 32. That's just to scary. Oh, my God. That's just to fright you. Staring into my
3: future. That's going to be
7: you next year. <laughs> Can't
3: even grow a mustache that big. This is be interesting. Only It'll be fun.
7: Only the shirt is due to radio, but the neck braces, you know, that would have happened. Regardless. According to him, it came from a radio
2: guest. I don't know. <laughs>
7: I don't think that you should try and dissuade me. I think that you guys have done me an amazing like service
2: here's here's my problem though we persuaded you without attempting to
7: yeah it was like a sort of a show don 't tell thing, yeah, it was perfect. it was great. I was here, and I knew that I was in the right place
2: I don't know what to say
7: say go for it, Molly, you rule. <laughs> <laughs>
2: We're not
3: your parents. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <I>
7: mean, <laughs> yeah. Sure. And I, I,
2: I know. I've said to my kids, "You are a good singer. You're a good draw. Look at that. I'm going to put that on. I'm going to put that up on the refrigerator. But I don't need. You're not going to be with me when I die, so I don't <laughs> need to do stuff like that with you. I, I'm your parents. I'm sure would love you to have a nice, steady. Life, probably work in the school, marry the assistant principal. Every once in a while, the kids (laughs) in school see you guys kiss and they all go, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then you're like, I'm on the Christmas committee, so we got to start talking about it. You know, stuff like that is what real people do, human beings do.
7: Right. Or I can come into work every day. I can talk about cool things, I can make people think about life and things that they didn't think about before, and I can entertain people.
2: Okay, what's the name of the show?
7: The Ron and Fest Show.
2: Now look at him, does he do any of those things that you just mentioned? Um, Believe me, he was a, a bright-eyed young man at one time. Bushy-tails. Saying the same things you are. Everything that you're saying. He felt the same way. That's making you think. That's the first thing to make you think. She's cracking, Ron.
7: Well, I don't know. I mean, I can't, I don't want to just say I'm not going to pursue this. Say it. I don't want to say it. it. It's
2: easy. Just say it. No. Say you're not going to go for your dreams. That's what I want you to do. That's your Tito's moment. So see what Tito did and then turn around and walk away from it. (laughs) Let him live his dreams. You live I'm in a place. I'm the next Tito. You, you.
7: <laughs> Tito Bean.
2: You live in a place. Um, Coffee company. Safety. <laughs> uh, I'd go to Tito Beans. <clears throat> How many little Colombian fingers had to pick this? Is this hazelnut? <laughs> mm. It's good, isn't it? When the caffeine hits, you start that rush. Oh hell yeah! Yeah. I want you to have a nice, safe, secure life.
7: I'm gonna find it in radio.
2: I don't know if radio is even gonna be here.
7: That I, di- I that I disagree with. I think that you people listen to radio in their cars, and they will forever.
2: Did you ever see a, a thing called Almost Famous? Yes. Well, I'm the Philip Seymour Hoffman guy <laughs> right now. What character did he play? I forget his name. The, the critic.
3: Oh, um,
2: from. Magazine. yeah anyway we'll come back to that and when he saw the young man with dreams he tried to talk about him and he said to him you missed it and i'm telling you in terms of radio you missed it Buster bangs.
7: so what what should i do then what do you think i should do
2: the psychology guidance counselor thing sounds fantastic to me and you're at that boston college there's got to be some young go-getter that you can go out with, get knocked up, and force him to marry you. Some stud.
7: There's got to be.
2: Yeah. Somebody who comes from money. Like a wasp, you know? Yeah, yeah. Not a Kennedy. A real wasp for yourself. <laughs> but how proud would you be... Someone who summers.
7: If one day... All right, picture this. It's the future. hmm We're all driving around... No, I'm sorry. We're in our self-driven cars. You, you know, talk to your radio, because at that point it can talk, and you say give me something that I'm going to like, and that's good. And then you hear Molly Bean coming out over the airways, shouting all of you guys out. Yeah. What, what are you going to think then?
2: I will be filled with rage and jealousy. <laughs> that's what radio people do. How the hell did she get that? I'll be like this, though.
7: How the hell did she get that? I don't know. I think that you'll be proud. I think that it's... Multicolored tear will come to your eye and drip. Slowly. Why is it going to be
2: multicolored? Because it's the future?
7: <laughs> no, That's it's weird. Uh, for drama. <laughs> That's, I, I don't know
2: what kind of illness I'm going to have. <laughs> that, my tears are all kind of in a different. <sighs> all right, this was your Tito's moment. And you, in your thing, you said, I'm your mentor, which, by the way, I am no one's mentor, because I don't want that responsibility. Okay. You know? Oh, by the way, if you get a drug and alcohol problem, I'd love to be your mentor. (laughs) I'm better at that. But, in terms of radio, I am not giving you the advice to follow your, your dreams. Okay. I would not do that to anyone. Seriously. Okay. I would never say, follow your dreams. There's an old shirt, a neck brace, and still no even... Jumping into the conversation In front of you It can burn you out It could destroy your soul
7: I, Hopefully it doesn't
2: You've been to the meetings You <laughs> know how much they agree And say they're going to do things And then they don't You know this.
7: I can't believe how how gung-ho you are about convincing me (laughs) to to stray from
2: your line of work. Remember the other day when you said, we were talking about, and it was after the show, and you said, how many great shows have you done, or something like that, and how many did I tell you I've done?
7: You said that you can't think of a single show where you...
2: There's never (laughs) been a single day in the history of me doing this that I left and said, I got it. That was the day. Never happened for me.
7: But then we were talking about people who have like mediocre shows that feel satisfied with themselves, and that's, that's what I just... That's
2: what I'm worried. <laughs> that's what I'm worried about. I'm worried you'll become one of those idiots. Oh
7: no! Like
2: I did it. I did the live read into the spots, and I'm great.
7: Well, th- well, then you can listen to my show, and you'll tell me when it, when it's bad.
2: I yeah, would tell everybody their shows are bad. You're going <laughs> I'm just worried you're gonna end up in Camden, overnights in Camden. You. That's what you want.
7: I mean, this is the best. I mean, how fun is this, right? That we're all sitting around. It is fun. Yeah.
2: Now, like I said before, it's really fun to smoke BCP. It is. (laughs) But shit gets fucking bad. It gets bad.
3: Like fucking like a drop of a hat.
2: Yeah. And that's, what this, uh, that's the comparison I'm making for you.
7: I don't know. I don't think that I could turn away from it. Now that I, it's in similar, similar to PCP, I'm guessing, that now that I've gotten a taste, I feel like I can't.
2: Yeah, um, it's always free the first time, honey. It's always free the first time.
7: Is the comparison of radio to a drug like that accurate?
2: Yes, it's 100% accurate. Let me just say this to you. When you hear the muse and the muse calls to you, Ignore that bitch. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Ignore that bitch. Don't listen. This is your Tito's Moment.
6: Brought to you by Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled six times from 100% corn, and it's naturally gluten-free. Visit titosvodka.com for recipes, songs, and more. Handcrafted to be savored responsibly. Distilled and bottled by Fifth Generation Incorporated. Austin, Texas. 40% alcohol by volume. Ron and Fez On On Raw Dog Dog. Raw Dog
11: Comedy Hits Channel
1: 99
2: Son of a bitch has been forever since Jamie Lasalle has been here. How you doing, Jamie? I'm doing great. Great to see you guys. You uh, you were in Buffalo for
10: so many years. Yeah, well, Rochester just down oh, the road. Oh, Rochester. Yeah, Just doing that. Uh, doing the Brother Wee's morning show. How was that for you? It was great experience. It turns out. I'm the worst radio employee of all time. In what way? Just, uh, I, 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 apparently, you know, when you do radio and you go, you come in, you're the comedian or something, and, yeah. and, and you think you're going to come in and do jokes. And we're not used to working a lot of hours doing a lot of, you know, a lot of work. And so they would, uh, I would try to, uh, you know, they, they try to get me to do a lot of production. We Which I
2: wasn't that good at. Yeah, I can't do the production.
10: And like, like I remember this one time, not to get too technical, but they asked me, they said like, Jamie, we want you to put together a hundred clips of comedians so we can play them as bumps, you know, to come in before a comic or whatever. And they wanted them all in, uh, in wave. Format sure okay a hundred files in wave yeah. format and then not to get too technical here but instead of putting them in wave format I just didn't fucking do it I just uh, I just went home that day
2: well I before you got here Molly is my intern from Boston College and has decided she wants to stop her plans to go on and work in psychology and with children and get into radio and I've been trying to talk her out of it. Yeah, you know, because she just thinks radio is like here.
10: No, it 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 starts. That's how they lure you in. Yeah. is with this awesome part of it. But then there's a whole backstory to it, and it's just I don't know. It gets it get it turn. It almost for me morphed into a, a weird regular job that I had always been trying not to get. Yeah,
2: it starts to become a regular job. With yeah, meetings, and I got to go to a four thirty meeting today. And I'm like, I, I don't understand why. Why would I <laughs> go to a meeting? I thought that was the exact opposite of why we were doing this.
10: Yeah, when I had all these suits that would do all these things you hear about, like in business schools. Like the guy would come in, because I would and I'd say some stuff, and you weren't supposed to talk bad about the town. Like, you yeah. do a little joke about the time. Ah, we're going to try to stay positive, you know? And uh, somewhere like, the suit would come in and do, like, that... uh Remember the compliment sandwich? You ever heard of that? <laughs> yeah. Or the good, bad, good? Yeah. It's like how you tell someone they're fucking up, but you, like, right. try to put a lot of... So, he'd come in and go, we can swear, right? We can yeah. okay?" So and go, can swear, right? can curse. Yeah. And, uh, and he would come in and be like, Jamie, my God. And he goes, that joke you did today about your daughter? Yeah. I, cu- I almost drove off the road. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> we don't want you talking anymore. That's a beautiful shirt. And then he was... Walking, <laughs> yeah. Like there was a compliment sandwich
2: well that's the thing i mean i'm so i'm lucky i got chris stanley here because he's terrific i love chris he's awesome talking at all and uh (laughs) he's doing a bang up job but that is the weird thing of people who don't do they're not funny and yet they're your boss in charge of being funny
10: yeah that's the weirdness of life doesn't make any sense yeah it makes no sense it was really hard. I don't know. Yeah, it was like a uh, we'd be in meetings and uh the sometimes the bosses would pitch bits to us like to do on the radio. Yeah. And you and, and you'd have to sometimes do them go full force knowing that it's not going to Like it's not gonna work. I remember this one time. This one boss is like, "I don't know if you guys watch SportsCenter." I'm like, "No, I don't know anything about sports." Like, okay, good. What we're gonna do is, uh, you guys bring up topics, right? Like, and then you argue about it. Like, say global warming, and then Jamie, you say like, "I believe in global warming." Then the other guy goes, "Come on, man!" And then he talks about global warming. Then you go like, "Come on, man!" I was just like. I think I don't can't work here anymore. I don't know. I don't want to do the come on man. Because they
2: could sell come on man as a fucking (laughs) as a as a sales pitch. I always like when they would do this. Look, what do you think about doing the show out of a hot air balloon? And I go and I always give them anytime they have a a thing. I always go and then what for the next four hours? And what happens once we're up the four hours after the shows in a hot air balloon? How's that fucking entertaining? (laughs)
10: They always try to do those. We did the. They did the uh, small town tour. Yeah. With us, where we go around and go to all these different towns where the audio quality isn't as good right. and nothing's happening around us, and just do a poor, do a bad show.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, were you fired from
10: the Brother Wee Show? Or I'm going to be totally honest. Yeah. I got into a little bit of a. Uh, a spat. Um, uh, not spat. More of a uh, physical fight. Started drinking a lot. Okay. And so, uh, like about two, like three years in, I, stopped, I moved my family to Rochester yeah. to do radio. And then, and I love Wheeze, man. We text all the time. Like right. it, had, it had nothing to do with the show, this part of the show being in here, you know, like the fun part. It was the suit, suits, I guess, you know, like the, the, the guys upstairs, we called them because they were right above us. And it was more like I just kind of got, uh, The show was getting so regimented and things I didn't really like about it that I just sort of started to see how much could I get away with and still be on the radio, you know? The Fez
2: Watley thing. Yeah, kind of the Fez thing. (laughs) Yeah.
10: (laughs) But doing even more than that. And uh, I just, I kind of got, I don't know, I I would start to stay up till, I think I stayed up pretty much every night at least till midnight, some nights till one in the morning, like just drinking a bunch of wine and we go in at 4:30 in the morning. And so a lot of it's hazy especially mm-hmm. the end when I left, but it was uh, I was the worst of, I would try I would consider the day a failure if I wasn't walking out the door as the on air light dimmed. <laughs> like that's how quickly I wanted to be starting my car as it was completely and it was, and they they basically wanted uh to do a new contract, and it was going to make it so I couldn't do stand-up at all. Right. Which was always like my first... You're the first that's thing. That's my thing, and so it would have really taken me out of that. And so they were blaming me on
2: stand-up rather than just surliness. That, yeah. yeah. You know?
10: Yeah, they sounds out of town too much, and they would... Uh, I don't know, it was weird. I also had a little trouble... I th- I, th- I don't do like too many I don't do too many too many famous people and stuff. But every mm-hmm. once in a while I do something cool like comedy. Like I did this uh, like I was telling you off the air about like hooking up with Rob Schneider and stuff like that. And I wrote some jokes for the, for the uh, Quentin Tarantino roast mm-hmm. and and all this stuff. And I'd come on the air and uh, try to sort of talk about that experience because for me I haven't done like a ton of stuff that's like really exciting for me. And just no one no one wanted to they wanted me to just really be like the joke guy.
2: Just tell jokes. Yeah. Just come in with that sharp joke. You're a sniper. You're up high. Bing. Yeah. You just killed somebody with a joke. Now go back, hide back in the bushes again.
10: Exactly. And then yeah. stay till five, cleaning bullets for others. <laughs> 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 oh my god. Um, so. Uh, but I quit like, drinking out of it, which was like maybe the best thing that, uh, uh, maybe the thing I thanked the most about the experience. Did you did you feel like
2: drinking was a problem or just a symptom of your unhappy happiness.
10: I think it was it was like a, on the verge of it before I took the job and that made me stop. You know, there's sometimes yeah. things that make you I had to get up every morning. So I said, well I have to go to bed early and I kind of hung did it for a while, a little boozing on the weekends, but then I kind of went back to you know, cuz you know being a comedian drinking yeah. is it's literally it's part of the pay sometimes. Yeah. I know it's like shit money, but you get to drink whatever you want. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. I am you know, you're like, I'm drinking and you know, I'm getting paid really well this week cuz I'm <laughs> Cause I'm of drunk, drinking. you know, I'm making, yeah. <laughs> Which I always found it So weird in comedy that I never knew like till I started going out on the road that that people like bought you shots. You know, like you're doing your comedy act and someone in the crowd is like, I love this guy. These are hilarious jokes. Let me buy him something that will hamper his ability to do it. To do it'd be like hitting a guitar player in the finger with a hammer. Like this is a great (laughs) set. Like why (laughs) try to keep going. Well, you know, the clubs always like it when you do
2: a shot because you sell shots. Yes. When you put a shot up, people go like, that's, that's right, shots. <laughs> We've got... Okay, they, have they here. commercial. i got shots here. They have got shots. <laughs> well, so, look, we're going to do shots. We'll do some more. And they'll be like this, give me seven shots and send one to him and he'll know we're all doing shots. <laughs> I'm like, the you guys doing like, shots? i got my shot. The, the bar is always like, this guy is fucking better than a good comedian. <laughs> (laughs) There were, you know, when when I had my comedy club, there were certain guys we brought back because we knew the liquor bill. Wow. There was one guy with a fucking guitar who was a terrible act, you know? (laughs) He would just do shitty, you know, songs, sing-alongs that had fuck in them. But he would like, where's the shots? (laughs) And Everybody's like, yeah. And we're like, okay, let's just do the shots. And the waitress is always like, when are we bringing him back? When's, When's Skip coming? Back.
10: <laughs> was that hard I know you're a fan of good comedy? Was it yeah. hard at that point when you might have even had friends that were hilarious but maybe didn't not only sell the drinks but sometimes the hilarious hilarious guys don't get the response
2: well i um i it's a really good point because you're in both worlds there, and I always had partners you know, and people uh, uh we brought this up on the air some really great guys do terrible mm-hmm. they do terrible even a lot of people who are well known today and get shots on tv and they you know they do panel they come in and they're just kind of low energy and stuff blah, 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 and it's just not a club experience yeah it's awful to say people uh, you're gonna have to check with the other guy about the booking,
1: <laughs> I, um, I'll
2: never take on responsibility. I I'd love to have you back. Did you check with him? Because I got to leave right now. But you check with him, and you know, tell him what
10: I say. I love it. You know, and then I would drive away from. Him. I book the middles if you want to. Yeah, I book the middle acts, but uh, that guy. <laughs>
2: yeah, mainly I'm paying attention to stuff that uh, I don't have to say directly to you is <laughs> the best thing. But there are, uh, I I I could tell you people that headline Carolines, that if they go out, they're not that strong of an act. There's some people that are only good in certain parts of the country, you know, and there's certain shitty comedians that do really well, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, when when people say hack, they don't necessarily mean bad, they just mean unoriginal, and not creative. But they may have, you know, the marketing size down, where, you know, you, at a certain point, you have to say, well, they did pack the club out. mm mm-hmm. You know? And there are plenty of those people, you know, who would just be like, hey, I met these 14 people today <laughs> at the beach. And they'll just come in. They're just really fun people to be around. But you watch their act and nothing, you know, it's basically, you know, where's the McNugget coming from? Am I right? Let's all do a shot. Okay. Hey, yeah. 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 shots. Yeah. yeah. Delicious.
10: What's the name of the shitty town around here? <laughs> Any you guys your, from wherever do shops. <laughs> Who wants a shot?
2: Who's uh, who's the idiot that does the car commercials? Because you bring that guy. I was driving into town and noticed this guy's selling cars. Oh, yeah. Everybody in the place will yell out Mad Bernie. Mad Bernie. Yeah, that's his name. Mad Bernie. What's up with him? <laughs> well, let's do a shot. You know, you're like, everyone's having fun, but nothing's really happening here. <laughs> is it?
7: Is there any way to purify that, though? I feel like it's just part of the... Purify what? Just like, you know, we're talking about how there are sometimes, like, hack comics who, right. who pack houses, but, like, because they've got down the marketing side. Like, is there a way to ensure that the most talented people are the ones no. who do well?
2: No, it's just the opposite, just like in life. Just like the the, the biggest movies are never the best movies. Mm. Um uh, most of the the successful people in radio are doing the exact show that Jamie fought his entire way because they've got a regimented show so people know when I'm brushing my teeth that's you know that's the weather check in by the time I get to the car it better be the the funny clip and they know they've fallen into that regiment and that's what you sell and that's what you do and just like you know that there's guys out there that are supposedly doing edgy shows that are just like, I know, this is the time of day that people like edge, so I'm going to bring up on the air, we should kill puppies. (laughs) Give us a call, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, if you don't want us to kill puppies. Hey, they want to take away your homes, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ.
10: That's why it's when it's cool to see uh, a comedian that is that esoteric comedian that only gets... 10% Ten percent of the crowd's laughing when that guy's yeah. on stage, but when his name is on the bill is on the outside of the club, and people come to see him, right? And he brings his fans together. That's why when it's so cool to see someone like that get some attention from whatever, from yeah. TV or a special, and then when all those fans do come out, that's when it is perfect. Yeah, that's, like when, it's that's when it's great.
2: But it's a very rare, it's a very rare thing. And by the way, then you got to have the club open the next night and the night after that. And you know that's when you're like, you know what? It's Monday. It's done. It's bring them night. You, you got to bring. You want to do five minutes? You got to bring five friends. How's that? And then the whole thing is shit.
6: Oh. Jamie Lissos here with us. He's uh, going to be on TV tonight on Gotham Live TV. That's tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern on Access TV, and then appearing tomorrow night on Red Eye with Greg Gutfield on Fox News. That's at 3 a.m. in the morning. Well, you can tape it though.
2: Yeah, no one ever
10: watches. <clears throat> That's what Red I do. Eye. I don't even go. Yeah, <laughs> just record it.
2: No one ever watches Red Eye in real time. <laughs> <laughs>
10: no, I am huge in Alaska. It's on at like two in the morning in Alaska. It's funny that Gotham show is uh, it's uncensored. Yeah, and uh, my my wife's from Alaska, and yeah. she uh, her mom's visiting right now. Us, we live in Austin, Texas, and I I came and I was leaving uh, yesterday, and I came in listening to her tell her mom that she should watch me on this. On this Gotham show, and when her mom walked out of the room, I said, "Like this is on Like this is my chance to do all these bits that could never be on TV. Like to do a few." And so I had to sit down and explain to her, like, "I'm like, are you sure you want your mom to listen to the? I want to teach my daughter to give a handjob joke. Are you sure about this? (laughs) Because I'm closing with that, but I guess it's gonna be fine."
2: Doesn't she doesn't get it at all? After all these years, she doesn't get that you're doing humor. And not, and not actually opening up the family history. Here's something I actually want to happen, and I'm going to make it happen. Because I would think it would be bad if you brought your daughter out on stage and taught her to give a hand job. I guess that's much different mm-hmm. than the
7: discussion. I <laughs> just gave him an idea. I don't like on.
2: Well, he doesn't work with props, so he's fine.
7: Okay.
10: So you worry about your mother-in-law saying stuff like that? And I shouldn't. They're they're awesome. Yeah. Like I shouldn't. This is just like such a filthy joke. I don't even know that. You know you have that that way you talk in front of your parents. Yeah. Then I have this other way I talk in front of my in-laws, which is actually a little more free than I yeah. talk in front of my own is parents. Is that right?
2: Still to this day. They're,
10: yeah. They're like kind of bar owners. They own a I met my wife I was doing comedy at a club up in Alaska and her dad mm. was the club owner. So they're like these kind of people, like my kind of people. Right. And so but yeah, I have kind of like my uh my different ways I talk in front of them, and for some reason, this one joke's a little dirty. I felt like as a son in law, I should warn her. <laughs> Born. Yeah.
2: Well, I, I remember being a kid, I had two distinct personalities <laughs> one on the street and one at my house. And I would just turn them on and off as I went through that door.
7: What was the one that was at your house?
2: The one that I was at my house was like a normal. Person, you know what I mean? Like something that you would a person that you would want to have in your family, uh, just a a pleasant person. Yeah. And then when I walked the door, I became a fucking mad dog. In my- and and but, but by the way, in my defense, the kid who was at my house that got along with my parents would have been destroyed on the fucking street corner. <laughs> I am protecting that boy. By taking over for him from other rabid dogs. Yes, who were probably pleasant people when they got home, you know I mean, I'm sure my friends did the same exact thing
7: Did you ever go with your friends over to your house and then what did you do? I
2: would never fucking have my friends in my house unless my parents weren't there and then it would be an incredible party (laughs) but to say Here's my friends. Too fast to take that test. No fucking way. No way would I bring people over. Because I remember being a kid going over to other people's house and thinking, how do people even live like this? It's fucking disgusting. And the weird thing is they had the exact same layout of a the house. <laughs> Everything looked exactly the same, but it was freakish. And that's why I believe in other dimensions.
3: It's so close. Just alternate realities? Yeah.
2: Yes, He's it's just, going through. It's, it's very close there, but just something different. Something's weird. They use the wrong kind of mayonnaise.
7: <laughs> Were you the street kid in front of your friend's parents? No, I, I wouldn't. We did
2: not do that type of thing. I, I didn't come from play date age. I oh. came from kids go out, they act like the lost boys and then they all go to their separate homes. Oh, I see. Yeah, we did not come over and like, uh, Hi, Mrs. Ward, <laughs> oh, is Chip here?
3: freaked out if I was a uh, friend's parent that I, of a kid I got fucking uh, messed up with. It was something
2: even worse. You ever been at the mall with your parents and see someone you know? Uh. It was like the most... Oh. <laughs> it was like your dick was on the outside. Of <laughs> like, what is happening just, here? Just get away from me. I'm alone in this mall. They're gonna find out I'm not an orphan. <laughs> I want everyone to think I live alone. just leave you back here I remember once I was like at a supermarket in like elementary school and I saw a teacher there, and it kind of made me sick to my stomach, <laughs> just seeing them outside school, getting fucking fruit and vegetables. Oh, there he was Ill. there was
3: a music teacher that we just destroyed right on a daily basis. We were just assholes <laughs> to him, like, we made, we like locked him in the fucking closet and shit. It was terrible. Right. And I saw him one day just eating by himself in a really shitty small Chinese food place, <laughs> and he's just and his face is in his food, just looking down, eating, shoveling Do you it, like low man. <laughs> Chinese food. You like that, huh? Here's a fortune cookie. Damn. Nick, where's your clarinet now?
2: <laughs> That's the other thing about school, is there were some teachers you could do that, to and some that you couldn't. So it really was their fault, <laughs> not the fucking kids. You know? That's true. You are you are as you allow yourself to be treated. That's who you are. Yeah. The way you allow yourself to be treated. If someone says, "Go stand on your head," you can't blame it that fucking person. You can't say, this is the reason why I'm standing on my head. You have to say, I wanted to go stand on my head. <laughs> that's, what I it, allowed to, yeah, that's what I allowed to happen.
7: <laughs> There's a meme of the headlines, memed from the headlines, about a teacher in Oklahoma who showed up to school on the first day drunk and wearing no pants.
2: Did, what was he teaching? Is that really the picture? This is, is that, her mugshot. Jesus Christ. Her name is Laurie. Oh my Daniel. God. First of
7: all, I didn't know it was a her. <laughs> it's a her. So she got in big trouble, and she was asking for it. Some would say. Well, I mean, I'm going to go with
2: this, and I know you know Jamie has quit drinking, but this may be a symptom of alcoholism. When mm. you show up drunk, <laughs> no pants on, <laughs> to teach children, you might have lost somewhat the of a problem. First day of school.
10: Before yeah. I pass judgment, I have to know how young the kids were. I mean, were they really little kids? Those kids this are. This a assholes. good
7: question. I'm going to look into it. There's always that fucking
2: teacher at school that people say is the alky. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, there's always the teacher at school that has the, you know, kind of chemical disorder.
3: Well, we had the teacher that like would actually he'd lock the door to the it was a computer science class or some shit. Yeah. He locked the door and then would just drink in the class in front of us. he was.
10: Did you guys have honestly like a teacher where you thought there was something going on with? The, him and a student, or like the one. Oh, well, there a was pro- one. hell yeah, there was one. one I totally school. had one, and years later, twenty years later, I saw him at the gym, and he was married to the girl I thought he was banging. <gasps> no, student in our class, and they yeah. weren't that different in age. You know, I mean, this in our school, it was an incredible difference in age.
2: She had already uh, had a kid, I think, from another friend of mine. But he, she, he was like in his fifties, right? And he was my health teacher. And the
7: I, irony. Yeah.
2: So I'd I'd always be in class and be just fucking sitting there. And he'd go, you know, he'd be like, "Any questions?" I go like yes, "Yeah." And I got a question. I go, "Suppose somebody like in their fifties is having sex with someone sixteen <laughs> or seventeen. Is he gonna have the same kind of erection that somebody sixteen or seventeen would have?" And he goes like this. You know that right now we're talking about the foot. I don't know why that would come up. I go, I'm just a fucking curious guy, just trying to work everything out, hoping I'm getting an A this semester, hoping that works out for me. Don't want to come in here all the time. When I do, I say shit like this. I just want to know. We're all on the same team together. It's all happening.
7: I got the answer of what she teaches. Yeah, what's that? She's a special ed instructor. Oh, okay, oh. then it doesn't matter. She's fine. <laughs> What's the big deal?
10: People believe there's a story about that even. No one has <laughs> pants on it that. What's
7: the big deal? Who
10: even reported her? That's impossible.
7: There was a teacher in our um elementary school. We took, we did there was like a unit about where we did dance in gym and there was a girl a couple years younger than us and the gym teacher told her, excuse my language, to shake that Brazilian ass. <laughs> that's,
2: that's fucking fine. <laughs> <laughs>
7: she's
2: she's going if she's going to be in the bum bum <laughs> contest. Inappropriate teachers. Yeah, inappropriate teachers. Um, so Chris, you had the inner city
3: yeah. thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then just the, there was like a giant high school. So like one of the biggest high schools in the city. So there were just a ridiculous amount of teachers. And there were, I know that there were multiple teachers banging students. Getting you know messed up like on the job. It was it was a, just a cast of weirdos and characters in this New York City. I
2: got high with fucking teachers before. and I used to sometimes see teachers at the bar and shit too. Really? You know, yeah. <laughs> a lot of times they would come in and um, you know you'd be shooting pawns because you could get fucking served in these bars. And they would come in and you're just shooting and, and You go like this, "Hello, Miss black. <laughs> <laughs> you would just turn around and walk out. It was. They well, see, I had the teachers that were kind of schooled in the 1960s, uh-huh. so they were like, hey, look, man, it's not like the old days. We want you guys to express yourselves. So we started throwing fucking desks out the window. You know, like, they they went too far. You know, they yeah. went from... We got beat by nuns, and then other fucking hippies were like, hey, man, you know, this is your environment, too. This is Snap. Yeah. It's nuts.
7: There was yeah. there's te- another teacher who dumped a kid's desk out a window one time. It was really messy, and... She got pissed and then she dumped. Do
2: you know me. how fucking quick I would turn over desks if I was a teacher? I'd be putting my thumbs in eyes. I would just be fucking bat. If I had one kid who talked like me, I'd beat him till he was dead. Light a fire and lock the door. Just hang well, them, them all out. Now who's talking?
7: Fuckers. Also, apparently, she was found in a classroom without any students. An the administrator walked in on her.
2: This special this ed lady? Yeah. I thought it was your old lady. No. You
7: thought it was mine. What was what,
2: she doing? <laughs> what was she doing in that class?
7: I, I don't know. She was just drunk with no pants on. This is her—the yeah. the, you know the special ed teacher. But there were no kids in the class that she was in. I think she was pretty confused, or maybe they all left. I don't know.
3: You know she was masturbating. I mean, that's... I mean, right. I mean, no pants on, drunk, in a classroom by herself. I'm surprised
2: she wasn't dropping the fucking hammer on somebody. She looks like Greg the Hammer Valentine in that picture. (laughs) (laughs) That looks like Ms. Valentine. I remember, though, with the special ed, we used to have these kids in my elementary school, and one part of it, that were like seriously had you know physical and mental problems like you go by there and people would be just like banging on the some of them were like older and shit you know and uh we were in 6th grade and we were saying to our teacher and we're like every time we turn around they're taking those guys either to the zoo or the museum <laughs> this is bullshit so he fucking starts screaming at us, right? He shuts the door he starts screaming, you're animals you sit and act like their lives are better than you they can't beat themselves they can't do this most of them are not going to live past 35 and you have the gall and you have nothing but your health and your parents and you sit and you complain And because they got to go and I was like this but still. <laughs> but still. There was nothing, like no amount of common sense or sensitivity could ever
10: be coming to me
7: at all. They're going to the zoo. Mm,
2: yeah, I mean, every time I turn around, they're off to the fucking zoo, they're coming back with balloons. You know, it's fucking-
10: Their faces are painted.
2: Come on. Yeah, everything's great for them. What are we doing? Reading shit? Foo. Need to get out of here every once in a while. Can't fucking breathe in this place. I remember, like in first grade, just sitting there and I had my fucking hands like in my head and I was like, "Will this woman ever shut up?" It's just fucking constant with her. We're just gonna sit. I I I remember thinking. There's 30 other people here. I'm sure somebody has something else to bring up. But no, you're fucking rambling on about history and presidents and capitals. Give it a fucking rest, please. Every day I come in here and you got more fucking shit. You think you know more than everyone. For run out of material, lady? Give us a chance. You ever seen a cartoon you would like to discuss? Something people care about. <laughs> Been in the movies lately? They don't fucking, you know. Oh God, I'm I'm in there all day long trying to make a fucking B. Remember how hard it was, like when you were like <laughs> first oh, grade. Yeah.
3: I have no idea how I learned it. Like I, for someone to teach me to write a language now, be over. I'd just screw it. I'll be illiterate.
7: I, there's no way. How how are they able to do it? I remember the first time that I realized that you could turn the piece of paper in order to cut, like, you know, because I had tr- been trying to cut, like, whatever shape it was just by turning my hand and, like, trying to cut it from upside down and stuff like that, and the teacher just came along and showed me, and it was like, wow. I had the opposite experience <laughs> of, you, know?
2: you were like, this is a breakthrough. Yeah. <laughs> okay, there's another way. I remember, like, when you would have a workbook, and they would have that little perforated edge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mine would always... And they would go, why are you handing this in as work? (laughs) Take the time. And they would sit and show me. And the next day, I couldn't even tear the fucking paper. How's the work going to be any good at all? Why are they going to the zoo? There they are. With their (laughs) giant heads (laughs) off to a fantastic life. Even appreciating that?
4: No. That That's right? the fucking I mean, thing. That's really what annoys <laughs> me. You
2: could have left them in the parking lot. It would have been just as good. Aww. For me, on the other hand, I love seeing animals. Love to fucking go to the Philadelphia Zoo today. They
10: might not have even took them to the zoo. They just have balloons and stuff in the car. <laughs> Hope you guys had a good time at the, the zoo.
2: Fucking bus drivers just smoking a joint, sitting out front. Uh, I got another hour to kill with these fucking waterheads. I don't know where to go. <laughs> He's just running around picking up his dry cleaning and shit. <laughs> I would I, I I would not last a day as a teacher. I wouldn't be able to last a day. As soon as I heard one of those fucking kids start up.
7: No, but maybe you know, the first day would be really rough, and then they'd all come in and listen to you or something.
2: <laughs> no, it doesn't fucking happen.
7: <laughs> I had a teacher in third grade where, like, the first day, she was really mean to us, and then for the rest of the year, we were, like, all friends. But we remember that first day, so we, we like, behaved. But at the end of the year, she was like, I want you guys to tell all of the kids younger than you how mean I am and, like, how much you hate me and stuff like that, so that they would come in and, like, be afraid of her. She was a genius.
2: What what, what year were you in? Third grade. Okay. <laughs> What? In the first day of third grade, she was just in your face, like it was going to be the worst yeah, she was ever. really. I
7: remember there was a kid uh, who wrote his name Tyler L instead yeah. of his actual last name. And she was like, is your last name L? <laughs> it's just L? Write your full name. You're in third grade. And we were all like, oh my God.
2: This, uh, I had a kid that, had to, uh, that was a buddy of mine. He was in fifth grade when I was in sixth grade. And he had this teacher, a woman teacher, that he was so terrified of that he would throw up <laughs> at the fucking bus stop. Holy he would shit. He'd be like we would see him fucking coming to the bus stop and he looked like dead man walking like every day and then he would just fucking feel like I can't go in there I'm so fucking sick. And then one day he just uh he comes down and he's smiling and he's all happy. Everyone's like, what's up with you? And he goes, my mom got a call last night. Mrs. Sinclair is dead.
1: <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and we were all like fucking smacking him on the back. <laughs> you get know, like, You got it, See, her. dude, good things happen to good people. Mrs. <laughs> Sinclair. Probably shouldn't have used her whole name, but that was Whatever. actually How
7: it. many Mrs. Sinclairs could there possibly be?
2: Yeah, probably everybody had a Mrs. Sinclair, right? Yeah,
7: yeah, for sure.
6: Oh, Jamie Lissos here with us. He's going to be on TV tonight on Gotham Live TV at 10 p.m. Eastern on Access Television. And Jamie's also appearing on Red Eye with Greg Gutfield tomorrow night on Fox News. You can find him on Twitter at
2: Jamie Lissow. Jamie, we've got a little announcement to make here today. Uh-huh. And I know you're not radio anymore, but here, oh. I want you to read this announcement to everybody.
10: Wow. And I would normally just crumble this up and leave on my old show. That's yes, right. <laughs> the Ron and Fez replay begins Monday, August 18th at 12 a.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Talk. Sirius 206 and XM 103.
4: There it is! Fuck yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. good. felt yeah, good. Oh, good. Yeah.
2: good.
10: I gotta get out of here, guys. I got a dentist appointment. <laughs> That's what I would normally.
2: <laughs> Better get out of here. Better start drinking, thinking about tomorrow's show. <laughs>
10: Were you a good uh, good student? Were you good in school? I was pretty bad in high school, and then I I liked the the college experience. Kind of worked for me.
2: That worked because you got away. and you're yeah. like, I can learn the things I want to learn. That's what I'm trying to do with you, Molly. Yeah, there in BC. I think you should have pe- probably picked a funner school. Though you work hard in college. Yeah, right? I work hard. Yeah, you don't want to do that. It's pretty hard. Yeah.
7: Sorry. Sorry, not to also toot my own horn, but I'm also an honors. They, they make you take like uh, additional credits too. So
10: it's yeah, I wouldn't do
3: that. Bullshit.
10: This other difficult thing about radio is that when you try to train for radio, you know, traditionally, like oftentimes you'll be, and someone will be running a board on a show and they'll go, yeah, I went to school and I studied this, I have this broadcasting degree and there'll be a guy that runs the show and he'll be like, what did you do? He'll be like, oh, I ate shit <laughs> and uh, went to a parade and held up these letters. Like, there's just so many weird ways that guys get into radio and end up getting, getting gigs. Yeah, it's true. I got in accidentally. Um, I didn't set out to do it. I didn't even like it. <laughs>
2: Still not all that crazy about it, but the pay is pretty good. And, you know, benefits. Lord knows the staff is unfucking believable. It's like Fantastic no. Four. You heard the way Fez came in with those announcements that he read. You yeah, know, doing your shit. We got it together. Um, here's uh, here's. Let's go over here to Dan. Dan in Florida. Go ahead, buddy.
8: I had an inappropriate gym teacher when I was in seventh grade. Um, it was Valentine's Day, and I was waiting to talk to him, but there was two girls in front of me that were giving him a Valentine's Day card, and he carefully un- or opened the envelope and then licked it and said to the girls, now it's like we French kissed.
7: Oh, my God.
2: <laughs> what are you going to do? You know what I mean? It's fine. <laughs> you have good times, bad times, you name it.
3: I caught gym teacher jacking off once. It's no big deal. <laughs>
2: On you? No, not on me. I walked okay. into the
3: gym office, and the guy was masturbating. Really? Yeah, yeah. You know, the gym office was like in between floors. It was like some weird little hole. The Dude, gym. you
2: could have fucking got money for that.
3: I know. I screwed up. I should have just broke out a cell phone, even though I didn't have one, and just start fucking videotaping him.
2: <laughs> I got
3: you, motherfucker. How much
2: is this worth? Do it with your lunchbox. <laughs> Shine your fucking lunchbox, Ed. Did you have a lunchbox when you went to school? Hell yeah, I had one. Plastic or metal? I had a metal one.
3: Plastic. I had a plastic one. Bussy. Oh, come on. I had a plastic Girl one. Lunchbox. And I moved to just a brown paper
2: bag. <laughs> well, what grade? I, uh, probably, it's probably like third grade or whatever. In third grade, in my school, it's weird that you say that. You either had a brown paper bag or you had a lunchbox that got kicked around by other kids <laughs> and thrown against the fucking school. <laughs> I don't know why we turned on it, but everyone's like, "Oh, I love my lunchbox! Check out my lunchbox! Next year, look at my lunchbox!" And then third grade, if you had a lunchbox, you were somehow going to get fucking slapped and punched for having a lunchbox. I had the thought
3: in my head. I remember thinking, "I want a brown. I want my food in a brown it paper bag." It's same, it's exactly. It did. Yeah. It's like no. This is just this is all. Do you remember I need. what
2: your lunchboxes were?
3: I had a GI Joe one. That's strong, very male. Very <laughs> Thank you. Male. Thank you. I like it. Transformers was <laughs> yeah. another one. And I believe I had a Garfield the cat
2: lunchbox. Suddenly, now you got three. Sounds like you were carrying a third grade fucking lunchbox.
3: I wasn't. I remember. I was like, "Listen, mom, get me some more brown paper. Give me some brown paper bags because that's all I want to carry my stuff." I there. had
2: a Batman lunchbox, but then I had maybe the greatest lunchbox of all time. The NFL lunchbox that just had the helmets on it. So I you remember could just that. Sit and stare at helmets.
10: That was killer.
2: All day long. You were like, What if that helmet went against that helmet? What <laughs> if that helmet played that helmet? Okay, winner of these two helmets plays this helmet. And then later you had to hear Ron, Ronnie, and you're like, What? Looking at fucking helmets right now. <laughs> what are you talking about?
7: What? State capitals again? <laughs> I had Betty Boop first and then Scooby Doo. How old
2: are you? <laughs> She has it
3: upstairs. That she brings her Wait, lunch.
7: Nineteen thirties? You were going with Betty Boop? What little kid would have Betty Boop? I don't know. I just thought it was cool.
2: Um, that's weird.
7: <laughs> Thanks.
2: Did you, you never saw Betty Boop? Fucking. show? Uh, no, show? I,
7: I've never watched it to this day. I don't even know where I got the lunchbox.
2: That's crazy.
7: Yeah. Well, it's um,
2: cool. Brandon, you're on the Run of Fez show. How's it going? Good.
6: Hey, uh, inappropriate teacher story. Uh, when I was in seventh grade, like uh, early 90s, I had a science teacher. I was walking into science class, and I had a white sweatshirt on, and I had the sleeves pulled up on it. And just as I was ready to walk into class, he looked at me and says, pull your sleeves down. You look like a nigger.
2: And Where I- are you calling from?
6: Uh,
8: South Central Pennsylvania.
2: Yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. that, that'll happen there. That'll definitely happen there. What was the name of the town?
9: Uh, Chambersburg.
2: Okay. That's All right. right. Makes sense. Um, <laughs> I always like people that are racist, even when there aren't a lot of other races around for them <laughs> to concern themselves with. Yeah. Um, here's my buddy, John. John, you're on the Runa Fez show.
9: Hey, guys. You there? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I laughed so hard at that Jeffrey Gurian bit yesterday, Ronnie. My stomach is- don't
2: oh, yeah, that was doing Jeffrey impression, because he was that. on CNN and a wife beater. I
10: heard that. That was hilarious.
2: <laughs> 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 he'll, if, he'll be here in a little bit, so we can uh, all do it to him. Cool. <laughs>
9: We had a teacher in grade school that we would drive nuts. He would lose it, and if you wanted to find him, he was chain-smoking in the teacher's lounge with his head in his hands. And so when the exorcist came out, they all made crosses in art class. It, you know, got the teacher to think, oh, good, they're making crosses. And we all brought him in into class the next day and held him up at the same time, and we just kept screaming, the power of Christ compels you. Until this guy kept saying, stop it, stop
2: it. Now you know that there's something... <laughs> evil and awful about fucking children but to do it, such things
7: isn't it amazing that they all came together to do that and that, that happens in every classroom like across oh, America yeah.
2: yeah that's true that was like your first thing like by second grade you are doing this remember it at 9 18 <laughs> yeah. we'll all start coughing <laughs> like you fucking invented it you little hacks. we're gonna get them.
7: I was in a French class where we had to take a test and every single person in the class wrote saucisson which means sausage for every answer <laughs>
2: So did everybody pass?
7: <laughs> no, no, we all got in huge <laughs> oh, trouble. Shit. It's funny.
2: Is this really the kid? Rodney
6: yes, Rodney. it is. Your name? Where you
2: from? Where's this theme music then? Why will not we be all set up with it? From Austin, Texas. Oh, Ronnie B. How's it going? <laughs> Rustin, how are you, my man? Rustin uh, no. was an intern for us. And now lives in Austin, Texas, back where we grew up. Jamie, you're in Austin, right? Yeah, I'm right there in Austin as well. You smoke pot. This is the guy to oh, talk to. God, yeah. I don't. Mm. <laughs>
10: Damn. Well, do you well, like to sell? I'd like to I like to start.
2: <laughs> I can't hook you up with pot, What's up, man,
8: because I'm living in Los Angeles now. It's been a long time. A lot of things have changed.
2: What are you doing in LA? Uh,
8: I'm at law school. I'm at USC Law School. Uh, trying to be a lawyer well that's what that was what made me call this morning i i'm i think i'm about 45 minutes behind on this free app try i'm on the free app free trial okay and it really blows but I, I heard molly talking about going into having a little uh, conundrum and i thought you know i've been there because i uh i really struggled whether or not to stay to stay in new york with you guys or try to go to law school and do this thing and you know still like two years from and i don't know if i've if I made the right decision or not. I mean I'm in it now so I'm good with it but for someone right there in that spot I would say I mean I think about being on the Ron & Fess show and being on the radio at least once a week if not more often than that. I mean it's it's a really it's a really special thing. That I think if you're an intern and just giving it up and moving back on with life if you have an opportunity to pursue it I I really think that that's something that that, that Molly should do cuz she's fucking she's great man. You guys are really uh Dude,
2: Russ, nothing would be, This would be my dream thing if Rust and Molly had a baby. Oh
3: god, you guys have <laughs> to do it. That
2: would be it. the cutest little baby, and I would never stop holding it.
3: Do it, guys.
10: <laughs> yeah.
8: Little Ron
2: and Fez baby. Yeah. Yeah. Baby. Little Ron and Fez baby.
8: Hey, Ron, I gotta say this real quick. I got a little a little bone to pick. I didn't even intend it. With Chris, speaking of law school, ask him if he remembers. An email or eight or nine texts I sent him about I don't know eight months ago, asking for the smallest, most insignificant favor.
3: I have no idea. I, I eight nine months ago. I'm not. What was the favor?
8: <laughs> I needed I needed a letter of recommendation that I had already written. All I needed was your signature on the paper. And I emailed you, sent you text, sent you all kinds of stuff, and never got any response. Uh, and then out of nowhere. Uh, super villain Mark Zito came to the rescue which I don't know I mean I've I've listened to you guys for the last two weeks haven't heard his name is he still alive at Sirius? yeah
2: he's uh, working for the booking department he's doing good
8: oh gotcha well I owe him a huge thanks and I gotta say Chris Stanley has Really, he lost a lot of points in my book.
2: Chris is a cock and he'll do nothing for no one. <laughs> no. And that's the fucking truth. I feel I very Rustin, bad about that. you have this. my email address, you could have emailed me anytime you want. It's Ron and Fez at Russ, A-Well. I, You know,
8: I, don't, I do have your email address, but I didn't want to. I don't, I don't ever feel good asking for favors like that. I it's want frankly.
2: you, here's, here's the truth I want you always to ask me for favors the rest of your life.
8: Oh, Never well, go through Chris. I really Chris. appreciate that. Right. I really do appreciate that. That's awesome. This
2: is a really great kid. Um, really hey, good weed. Really. <laughs> <laughs> you don't smoke pot anymore, though, right?
8: Well, I'm in law school, so officially, of course, not. No, that's okay. not good for your studies and stuff. But uh, it is legal here, so.
2: So it's U- USC Law School you're going to? Yes. Wow. Yeah. That sounds
8: tough. Uh, um. Yeah, I guess so. Uh. Oh. I mean, it's not like Harvard or anything. It's still in Southern California, so I yeah. it's not. My life is not tough. All
2: right, dude.
8: Hey, uh, man! I've been listening. I can tell. Like I said, I got this free trial on the XM app. The show, it's it's great. I'm glad to hear Faz is back and still kicking it's really it's a great show man i love well, listening to you guys
2: and let me also t- say that straight up to compton my friend okay <laughs> right
8: out of compton There was a drive-by like two days ago yeah on the set fuck that's like i live like less than five minutes from uh from compton like i'm right in south central LA. it's nuts man
2: well it looks like missouri is the scariest place to live right now
8: uh, i watched God, them last that, night great show what the fuck that's so fucking awful man there was a great article that that uh, was just posted, I think, on, um not fucking Gawker, but the title of the article is, America's Not for Black People. I just read that this morning, man, it almost had me, that story is just awful.
2: Okay, my brother.
8: All right, brother, hey, we'll be catching up with you, man. All uh, right. Molly, good luck. Thanks. All right, see you guys. Peace. See you,
2: buddy. All right, Molly, if you marry a lawyer, you can stay on radio. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Actually, isn't everybody a lawyer now, anyway?
3: They said there's too many lawyers. That there's there's more lawyers in law school than there are Don't tell that
7: lawyer. to Rusty.
10: He's got to know. I went to law school for uh, two weeks. No, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, back then you could uh, you could bail at two weeks with no penalty. You could you could. I remember I got a letter that said, well, "You're going to owe us like if you go through with this shit." You're going to owe us. And it was some astronomical amount of money. And I just remember just like laying in my bed thinking, first of all, I'm not even good at this shit. <laughs> and second of all, even if I do well, I'm going to be down $300,000 yeah. if I go through this. So I think by just leaving now, I go up. I'm up 300000
2: Jimmy, do you stick with anything? Is there anything in your life?
10: I don't think so. This might be me and not them, <laughs> <laughs> actually.
2: After a while... You got to start thinking yourself. <laughs> Your kids are like, "Is Dad coming home? He's been gone for three months."
10: The kids I used to have were—no, yeah. uh, they're still my kids. <laughs> I love those guys.
2: I saw Liz for a second and she disappeared. Um, what are you going for? Is what? Are the, what are the notes for? No, no, no. Jeffrey's here. Can you hang out for a while? Or you split? Yeah, definitely. All right, um, Jeffrey Gurian is stopping by. You know him from Comedy Matters TV, and he always brings a special guest with him. We never know who it is. We never have any idea who's... Oh, should we break first? Yeah, let's break first. Why don't you just say break? You're handing me notes... And then you hand me the note, like to bring the guests in, and then you start making the break fucking sign.
3: <laughs> should have done that first.
2: Okay? Yeah. I'm not a professional like Brother Weeze. I'm going to fucking <laughs> call you out on the air. Because I bet no
10: one knows what goes on for Brother Weeze, right? You know, he's pretty, uh, he would do that. Oh, he, he would what, call you what out. You on you it? just did, yeah. He's yeah. a very, uh, he puts it right out there.
2: I haven't seen him since Opie's wedding, and he was a blast. He's the man. He's, 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 really... he's the greatest. Well, whoever he meets, I'd notice, like, if he was going out to get his. Uh, car, and the guy was there to like take the thing. They'd end up becoming buddies by yep. the time he got in the car. And I'm like, that's you know, it's more than radio. There's just something about him. But who did we send up to work with you guys? Lily. She had an awful time. She did, yeah, she had a terrible time.
10: I don't know what happened there. I honestly don't know. Yeah.
2: Well, she doesn't talk to us anymore either, no. and she's a baker now. Come on. Yeah, she's a really fantastic baker. Wow. Yeah. Um, Earl sent me pictures of her. Baked goods. And I'm like, I'm so happy for her. For profit? Does she work at a, at a place? Yeah, she a works bakery? at a place. Yeah, works at a bakery. You know how you know, people are today. They're artesian. You know, people are artesian.
10: These <laughs> she was always into uh, cooking. Yeah, yeah, baking she things. She loved baked things. She <laughs> loved getting Fred, up early.
2: Yeah. She would always say, she liked that, and she liked putting things in plastic and like saving them. Mm-hmm. You know, and She loved cars. adding yeast yeah. and stuff. No That's, one could figure it she out. She gave it to us in water. She, like, we would say, could you take care of these jokes? And she said, I'm going to put a little yeast in <laughs> And we're like, why? <laughs> well, they'll keep, they'll rise, and they'll keep longer. I'm going to put them in the oven. Yeah. Yeah. Now
10: that you mentioned, the whole time we were working together, it seemed like she wished she was mixing something. Yes, instead she of, did. Uh,
2: I know the whole time you guys worked together, she wished she was anywhere else. <laughs> I would get calls. I'm leaving, and I'm like, dude, it's your first job in radio. Stay. Stay until you get another job. And she
10: was great on the air. Yeah. I loved her.
2: Yeah, everybody loves her. But um, and then we gave her to another show. After that, we got her hooked up with...
3: The Whatever Girls.
2: Yeah. and that Well, it wasn't even the Whatever Girls. It was, girls, just, either. Yeah, it was just, just Jenny. Yeah, and then that didn't work out. Not for her. The show went away. Hmm. You know, I'm not very helpful to people. You know, that's why Rustin is in... Law school? Now I can sleep tonight. <laughs> Molly's well, he, was back giving, to BC. he gave me some
7: solid advice, you know. What was it? Basically, that that it, this is an amazing opportunity that I should stick with it. You know that
2: first of all, you let me read your paper last night, right? She sent me this paper that she wrote because none of my guys listened to me at all, and she goes, "I just want you to see this thing that I wrote last year, and it was so kind and sweet and." Just wrong in every <laughs> way wow. about what she wanted to do in her life and what she thought radio was. and I wanted to help her correct it, but it was so sweet. And then for Rustin to say, I think about being on that show at least once a week, it's really sweet, mm-hmm.
10: you know? I don't think Molly should ever leave. I think you should stick with it.
7: Thanks. Yeah. I, I, I'm gonna.
2: I not only think that Molly should leave and do something else because for her own good, I think she should take the rest of these assholes' <laughs> her. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. What
10: would if she you... took them, dropped them off, and came back? That would be
2: great. Well, God, That would be great. And then you could fill up the bus properly. Because <laughs> when you gave that thing, that it doesn't matter oh. which way you're going, if you're on the bus with the right people. And I said, Molly, I'm on the bus with the right people. <laughs> and you sat there for what had to be a for hour, long What time?
7: kind of question was that? It <laughs> a long time.
2: It was a direct question.
7: It was a very difficult moment.
2: We break. We'll come back. Jeffrey Goering and the mystery guest. I'm going to guess that it's Rich Little. <laughs> Chris, who do you think it's going to be? I think that it's Norm MacDonald. I'm going to change it to Billy Crystal. Smelly, <laughs> who do you think it's going to be?
7: Mm, Tina Fey.
2: Now, I'm worried that he will come in and say it's it's Jamie Lisso. And I'm like, oh, I
10: already <laughs> What a disappointment. Yeah.
2: Shit, Jeffrey. Yeah, already, he's already here. What are you doing for the Gotham? Just stand up or?
10: Yeah, it's a nine nine minutes of stand up. I think it's three, four guys and a host. Who's the host? They always
2: have a celebrity host. Uh,
10: John Campanera. Oh,
2: you nice. Yeah, yeah. It's nice. Real funny guy. John Campanera. Am I saying it wrong? Campanero. I don't know. I <laughs> Who knows? I think everyone's saying everything wrong. <laughs> I'm sure I'll find out later that Molly's real name is Maury.
10: <laughs> I haven't fully read the email about the show. Maury's that. wigs! <laughs> I
2: don't think I look like a Maury. How long does that. Yeah, but you are, Josh. Now, how long. When does it air, the Gotham show?
10: It's on tonight. Live. It is on live You're tonight. You're doing a live show from there? Yes.
2: Holy shit. I think okay. it's on
10: 10 or something.
2: I never knew that that show was live.
10: Yeah, it's on the Mark Cuban station. Yeah, the
2: Mark Cuban, anything goes, you know. Yeah. Shark. It's normally Shark Week with him. Every mm. week is Shark Week. <laughs> so if you're Mark normally. Cuban, I'll buy it. I won't buy it. You're out. I'll buy a piece of it, but less than you want it. You ever watch that show?
10: I love that show.
2: I Here's my problem. I love the show, too. And then I tried some of the things that they bought, and I'm like, this isn't the best chocolate covered pretzel I've ever had.
10: It's crap. I had that happen with the uh, the chocolate chip cookie dough that yeah. didn't need to be refrigerated. Yeah. That was the big invention. Yeah. This is shit. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's complete shit. I think
10: Mark Cuban put, put like $5 million into it. Mark Cuban, he does that thing where he goes, uh, I need an answer in one second. What? <laughs> like, he doesn't have anybody it's else involved.
1: It's my life. It's my
10: life. And think Mark. about this. You guys yeah. can discuss it for one second. One. Oh, my God.
2: Uh, Mark Cuban and I bonded over this, though, because he came in and we talked about we both had ended up at one point of our lives pitching something to Mel Karmazin. And it was, you know, harder than Shark Tank. (laughs) Wow. He was in here? Mark Mark Cuban? That's awesome. Was he a cool guy? Yeah, I mean, he fucking owns the Mavericks, and he has Jets. I love that. I'm obsessed with
10: Marquis. I love Marquis. Are you really? Yeah,
2: I love him. He's actually, to be totally honest, he's the most regular guy of any really rich person That I ever met in my life. Wow. So if you would have liked Mark Cuban without money, you would like him now. And if you wouldn't have, because there's a lot of guys that, you know, he's kind of a competitive guy. They hate those kind of guys. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But you can tell, like, he wants the Mavericks to win, and he's stunned when they don't. (laughs) Just can't believe (laughs) that a fucking ref did something, and they didn't win. Oh, it's the best. So there are people who are like, I don't like Mark Cuban. He's doing really well. Alright, I got a break. Come back with Jeffrey Gurion, Run and Fest.
5: on
3: Comedy.
5: Hits.
2: It's Jeffrey Gurion from CNN. In the
0: house. Yeah. In the house. What's up, Ron? How are, how are you guys? Jeffrey, who do you have with you today? A very special guest. You know what? Well, my guests are special, but today my, my guest is incredibly special. She's so hot and gorgeous. And it's Zainab Johnson from Les Comic Standing. You really are a, a,
2: a, an incredibly beautiful woman. Thank you. Does is that throw you off in terms of comedy when people are like first going... Wait, you're a beautiful woman?
11: Uh, no, 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 no. I think it helps me, actually. I think yeah. it makes me memorable. And I, I mean, funny is first when you're doing comedy. Right. Um, so I think when I first get on stage, they're a little bit surprised. And in the first laugh, they ease. Especially
0: with her
2: midriff top, she usually comes out. You, I, you are comfortable being beautiful? absolutely say that would be tough for me mm-hmm. i think it be beautiful <laughs> i think beautiful i would it would throw me off it would be it would be it would be difficult why to think. i just think it would be extra stuff to deal with you i'm know? really
11: low maintenance though you see i have no hair uh, <laughs> i have on no makeup i'm low maintenance i'm i like thank god i'm beautiful but i think i would be this way it like i i can't do a lot so yeah.
2: now um Jamie, is it tough for you to be average,
10: just a regular guy? Is that It's not. It's, not. it's uh, I, I do funny first, yeah, and then I let him just see how average I am. I try to be above average, just in funny.
2: He has great blue eyes, though. He does have fantastic yeah. eyes. Yeah. Well, Jeffrey, you uh, uh, it was uh, two days ago on CNN. I'd never saw this on CNN before. Someone wearing a wife beater. And I thought it was the most amazing thing in the history of TV. I can only be me, man. That's it. This is the the summer look for you. The
0: summer look is the shirt. (laughs) I don't actually call it a wife beater, but you're right. Yeah, it's a t-shirt, but yeah. Well,
2: you call it a girlfriend beater. Because (laughs) Because, because
0: I haven't gotten to that stage Are you
11: called, darling? No, no, no. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm fine.
2: Because we keep this thing so damn cold in here.
11: And I'm always cold.
2: Are you really? Yes. But isn't there a different temperature that men and women live at? Because every time I bring a female guest in here, they're always cold. I I just see them just shocked. Yeah, we're always shocked. Molly, how come you're never cold?
7: How come I'm never cold? Yeah. In the studio? Yeah. Because I'm wearing a sweater. On. Oh, I never knew that. <laughs> I never even
2: noticed. No, sweater thank you. Chris, are you cold in here? Look, somebody just came in behind us. To
0: but I'll tell you an interesting fact that a lot of women who get a lot of attention mm-hmm. are very often cold and energetically they're cold because they keep their energy near their heart to protect themselves this is the and their hands thing and feet I've are cold heard. wait no we it's, true. See this it's true it's true
2: alright this is this is the great thing about Jeffrey because he's like a medicine man and he'll just say something crazy and mystical as if we all know it and already agree with it you know yeah. it's a fact. It you, know, like, you know at night the flying monkeys come and they take away souls. Oh, yeah, the monkeys. Yeah. So let's get this from the beginning. Women are cold. Certain women. Beautiful
0: women. Yes, very often. Their hands and feet will get cold a lot because energetically, they keep their energy near their heart to protect them. Like, for instance, we don't know what it's like. Beautiful women get get accosted all the time. I can't imagine. People, I it
2: sometimes when I'm on the street. I can't imagine what yeah, they put up it's,
0: with. It's unbelievable what they have to put up with. And people approach them all the time. Men don't get that. It doesn't matter how good you look. You're not getting offered dinners and trips and cars or whatever. So some compliments are nice, but sometimes compliments feel invasive. Mm. And women tend to try to protect themselves. And when they do that energetically, it keeps their energy inside near their heart. And their hands and feet get cold their energy is not flowing through their whole body. So where does Chris so.
2: Stanley keep his energy? In his ass? <laughs> God, he has to be there. Since he's the I, guy I, hanging out the window, Hey, baby, how you doing? Which, by the way, yeah. has never yeah, worked never in worked the history, the history yeah. of mankind. Yeah, never right. has a woman go, That guy that's screaming for me on top of that building. But I need to know I'm him. Going to, yeah, I'm going to go <laughs> hang out with
0: him. Right. Well, the guys that make a lot of noise with their cars, when they screech away from the curb, they peel out. Yeah. What woman is chasing that car going, I need to know that guy? I always say, right? ain't he neat, as yeah. soon as that happens.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, Jeffrey, you know Jamie's playing that Gotham show that... Tonight? You know, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Who's that's going to be a great tonight? show. Because you um, normally
0: go down and hang there, Right. Yes, and I'm going to be there tonight. I believe it's, what oh, is it, John Caparulo? Mm-hmm.
10: That's it. That's what yeah, I meant to say. John Caparulo, was I, was like, I got to know near. those things. Yeah,
0: and you so, said
2: Jack Capaletti. I did? Zainab's I on the show. Ja- Jamie's on the show. <laughs> you know, I'll find out the truth with you during the commercials. That's during right. the commercial, the curtain comes down. Mm
0: hmm. Yeah, it's going to be a good show. It's always a good show. Mm
2: -hmm. Jamie's like this. like He's very pleasant, like you say. Mm -hmm. And then we go to commercial, and he goes like this. By the way, I don't like
10: Chinese people.
2: (laughs) So I'm like, where did that come from? What is that all about?
10: I ate it for five years once, and (laughs) I
2: just... Zana, where are you playing? You're playing at... uh,
11: I'm at Gotham tonight as well. Gotham tonight as well? Is that
2: right? You guys are doing the same show tonight? Yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, he was explaining this is a live Tape common, and, yeah it's shot but people will watch it tonight live as it's happening yeah. in our homes Yes, yeah, absolutely has ever happened with stand up before
0: it's not common i mean saturday night live does it but you know most of the shows are taped
11: most yeah, of the shows that are is taped
0: true. this is the first it's the only one that i can think of that's coming from new york and they do it every thursday night mm-hmm. and they always have a major host and, and a great lineup i'm hoping to do that show soon
2: Ooh. yes
0: that's on my bucket list well i know you had a big set <laughs> down there this week right yeah i did comedy juice it was great man mm-hmm. and i taped it and trevor comedy noah juice. was there Comedy Juice is and, the name of and it trevor noah apologized to me for laughing so hard it's in the back of my tape he's laughing a lot and uh, it was such an honor to, it was great it was amazing did a very you do cool the same
2: set. set you did on cnn yeah, How yeah. Williams passing <laughs> but, away. but without the wife beater, yeah, yeah, seriously, yeah, it's I wouldn't great... wear a wife beater, you have it's... a yeah. winter look and a summer look, right, well,
0: I wear more scarves in the winter yeah. usually than I do in the summer. I've been toning down the scarf thing when I met you said <laughs> I have a scarf,
11: I think the first time I <laughs> met you had <Ed, laughs> yeah, on scarf. a scarf, yeah,
0: usually, I have that, but like it's ninety degrees, I usually just wear it on the beach. Scarf a scarf just just a scarf nothing else That's just nothing
2: wearing else. A, just scarf. a scarf the beach? I wrap myself in scarves ridiculous no I love the energy talk that you brought to this and you read people's energy right yeah I do it's one of you the, know the where things their pain is at in their body I can
0: very often I can tell not a hundred percent but very often I know yeah I can feel it how about with Jamie what do you say. <laughs> It's, not, it's nothing I can see if someone if someone has pain and I'm working on them I can usually tell where it's coming from I, right? pain. I don't just see people and see where their pain is unless it's f- from their jaw that mm-hmm. I can usually see if people have like a, an enlarged masseter muscle you know so most people clench and grind their teeth from stress and it causes a lot of physical symptoms and I can usually tell that just by seeing them because that was my specialty can you hear it If we were in a dark room could you hear people's pain pain? Yeah. No, I usually just feel it. I internalize it. I have to be really careful. I'm that sensitive. I can, I can. I'm, I'm like an empath.
2: But if sick people come and put their feet on your belly, they'll get sucked
0: in. Which happens a lot mouth. these days, yeah. right? People that I find that even in the street that happens.
7: Does anyone very in here busy. have that enlarged, like if they grind their teeth, masseter muscle? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Look around at everybody. No. Good. Nobody here has ever experienced stress. I've like never, had never had any stress. You've never had any before. stress in your life. Yeah. I um. can. That this is why I'm able to murder people because none of it bothers me. I don't why? understand. You just walk away. You have no yeah, I don't have no concept of pain myself mm-hmm. or in others. That's so cool. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's great. Like I could go to you know uh, countries where people are starving, just have an ice cream. The way I'm looking at it. Right. None of it bothers. Of, nothing you, nothing bothers you It, it just yeah. rolls off your back. Yeah. it is is like Lucy. Really. At a certain point, you're just okay with it. Um, so how did you get the CNN thing why out of all the people did CNN call you because when I saw you the night before you were doing the local show right yeah I think somebody there must have seen it and asked
0: if I would comment on celebrities and depression comedians and depression Mm -hmm. I think because of my crossover into both careers You know, my pads only crossed with Robin a few times, so, you know, I wanted to make that clear. I wasn't going on as, like, somebody who knew him so well.
2: No, you were, you were clear. And the thing is, they even set it up this way, with you, with comedians and depression... You make comedians depressed, and it's so
0: that's a gift I mean they that's a hard thing to yes. do, but I managed to do that I, yeah that's my goal.
2: He's, and they're like this, he's still interviewing me right. he's trying to get inside, and he's interviewing me out front. Mm-hmm. Well, you know um, he I'm trying to oh Norton wrote a piece for time It was awesome, and he says he knows seven comics that committed suicide. Because there's this depression thing with funny people. Comedy is a very difficult
0: thing. Always seeking approval, you know. And, and because comedians tend to be very sensitive people. Sensitivity is a burden to a lot of people. And it's something that our society doesn't really talk much about. They tell you you're too sensitive, but you're supposed to honor your sensitivity and try to own it as a strength, not as a weakness, you know? So it's not particularly cool to tell people that you're sensitive, right? You don't hear people talking about that a lot.
2: People try and downplay it. Do both you guys think that you're sensitive?
11: I'm very sensitive. Are you? Yeah, but I have a great po- a poker face.
10: Do you really you yeah. keep it going? Mm-hmm. What about you, Jim? Yeah, I'm way, sens- way over sensitive, way oversensitive. Is that right? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so it's very
0: hard when you're always seeking approval. You know, you could be in a room with a thousand people in your honor, 999 like you and one doesn't, and we'll focus on the one that doesn't. See that know? one guy who's
2: not laughing? You just keep catching him out of the corner of your eye? Mm-hmm. What is he mm. doing over
11: there? I actually look at him. I turn right to him. <laughs> you look right at him? The, yeah, That's oh awesome. yeah, and then the set becomes him and I. <laughs> what you going to do about it? Laugh or. See, hear? I don't do
10: that. I go, he's probably right. That's what I do. <laughs> you're too sensitive.
2: <laughs> you care too much
11: mm-hmm. i'm like the opposite though i'm hypersensitive about how like i'm the person that doesn't like and doesn't like somebody in a room and i'm like yeah. oh god i should like
2: them how quickly do you decide you don't like someone can you i mean when you just walk into the room where you'll go like that guy don't like that guy don't trust that guy
11: no no because like i gave that. you the
2: exact lineup of this room the way <laughs> <laughs> it's
11: energy yeah it, it is energy, it's energy. Right. i pay attention to Completely. energy
0: See, and people pick up on it right away they don't realize what they're responding to but it's energy animals do it automatically if you walk into somebody's house with a dog or cat and that animal likes you that's usually a good person and if the animal gets crazy and
2: starts barking and all there's something weird about that person but can I tell you something else yeah. while well, you're trusting these animals then they shit
11: outside yeah, so, Well, they, come well, on well, how much do they know <laughs>
2: right. also,
11: sometimes and, just and mean most of them
0: don't have jobs either it's fucking horrible
11: I trust babies I don't animals. care about animals if a baby likes you yes. then you're good if a baby Absolutely. If a baby doesn't like you, then... It, That's why I I've travel some, with a baby all I've the time. I've met some awful babies
2: before, <laughs> okay. I have to tell you the truth. Not all babies are nice. Are. Yeah, Some babies are just really up to something. They are. You can't trust them. You yeah. can't look
0: away. <laughs> and you never see an infant that looks familiar to you. You know what
2: I'm <laughs> um, But don't you think that, you know, dogs and cats have their own personalities, so maybe they're not all right? About people like Hitler had a dog, and I'm sure. <laughs> Why do you that, always that, bring
0: up Hitler? I think he's always so
2: happy. You're such a sick man. I know, I you relate it. everything but to Hitler. I I try yeah. to do that because I don't want to go to extremes. So yeah, I just right, leave exactly. it in the But for a Hitler. Jewish guy to bring up Hitler all the time yeah. is very strange. I'm not going to gonna stop. <laughs> I'm not going to stop. <laughs> Hitler he, had
10: a dog for real.
2: Yeah, and 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 he was a dog lover. And they would like if Hitler came in and he was like about to you know do something awful, we go first like whose dog is this and. He would just go over and play with it oh and there's actually film of this where you just see hitler with a dog and the dog yeah, is such so a lovable
0: character glad
2: right? to you know and then a lot of times he would you know look down to see you know has this dog been stepped or not you know because he was always never wanted to end up with a jewish dog right but so they don't you know they're not all that smart dogs So not if they'd be friendly with hitler yeah not. no um but you can look around now. You're not. You are or are not sensitive? Chris. Oh no, I'm not very sensitive.
3: <laughs> Do you want to be? I don't. That, it, it seems like it's, it's some some part of sensitivity might be good for a human being, right? But it's almost like you know, charred ends. Chris,
0: There's, have you ever seen a movie that brought you to tears? No, no, actually no, no. You never saw anything that made you feel o- overly emotional. A commercial can make me cry.
2: Yeah, yeah me too. exactly. The commercial could just. I'm actually more likely to get teared up over sentimental things than I am like painful things. You know, like a
0: song can do it too. Can't you? Have you ever uh, heard yeah. like such beautiful music? Yeah. When I heard those kids uh, Il Volo sing. Uh that song, you know, the three tenors. Yeah.
2: And they sang that song. It moved me to tears. When Same I thing, the first time I heard Inagata De Vita. Boom, 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 boom. But I just exactly. went and dated everyone. I just out of the room. Just <laughs> way back. No, Inagata De Vita, for sure. Um, so. I don't like that, you know, Jeffrey's taking us in a whole different direction here today.
0: <laughs> well, I think it's important for people to learn to honor their sensitivity and not be ashamed of it. There's nothing. Men, men don't want to cop to being sensitive because it's not particularly cool. But you it, have no choice, really. I mean, my sensitivity was a burden to me my whole life until I learned to own it. Yeah. And it's one of the reasons that I stuttered so badly when I was a kid. I was a stutterer until I was in my 20s. And, uh, and I had to learn to detach. And, and turn that sensitivity around, because you can't get rid of it. All you can do is learn to use it to your benefit. Jeffrey,
2: it's hard for me to understand you with that terrible stutter. I don't know, I know what you're know. saying <laughs> to me right now. It's driving me nuts.
0: That, I stutter so badly now. I know, it's crazy. I think of it all the time, Ron. It's really, I've never it's, seen, it's grace.
2: I, I've never seen you stutter once. I won't. Not I refuse.
0: Fight. I refuse to stutter. That's what I did to my mind. I changed it, so that I no longer have to stutter. And I refuse to stutter. I could. So every time I perform any, just talking to you now, I'm thinking about it, that I've been given the grace that I no longer need to stutter. Right, but when you stopped stuttering, Mm -hmm. your hair
2: started to grow up. Straight up. And that was... And it hasn't
0: stopped. That was That was in 1810. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Jamie, you're sensitive, but you try to hide it, right? I think so. It's impossible for you to tell me that you love me right now, and I think (laughs) that you should try to get through that, (laughs) get past that.
10: Yeah, it sucks, man, especially in comedy. You know, being sensitive because we have, you know, and your, and being in radio was maybe the worst because people can just email you that you soccer, right? Twitter. I don't know why anyone gets on Twitter. That's horrible.
2: Do you know that Robin Williams' daughter had daughter. to go off Twitter because people sent so much horrible awful things No, her? Now, so, who, how sick. Who would dawn on them like, oh, I'm going to write to this girl. They're,
3: who just lost her father. Yeah. Right?
2: They're photoshopping shit and sending it to her.
3: like And like the terrible, like the death scene links or whatever. Like, they're photoshopping things. or making these things just to send to his kid.
10: Like what were they sending? What what were the photos? Like hanging
2: pictures yeah, of Robin exactly, Williams. Yeah, exactly. Claiming yeah. that that was
10: it. the actual yeah. death photo.
11: That's the thing that sucks about social media. You can do such horrible things and hide behind. Like nobody, you're never revealed. Your identity is never, yeah, you're anonymous. It gives
2: insignificant people a sense of power. Here's what I understand. It used to be when you got rich or famous, the first thing you did was get an unlisted number. Hmm. Why would you want to put a Twitter on to say to people, immediately say things to right. me? Right, here I so say you can contact me 24-7. Right, yes. Here I am.
0: <laughs> but
11: you know, that was the, the whole time. point of Twitter, to give you access to the people that you love, your celebrities. Like, you're able to contact them directly. that That's the sell of Twitter. Yeah,
2: but part of what makes people celebrities is that you can't do that. You know, that you were thinking to yourself, like in my mind, I would think, oh, I'm never going to talk to the Allman Brothers. That's crazy. (laughs) I found out that a girl in my school Slept with one of the Almond Brothers, and it just raised her in my mind forever. Nice. I was just thinking she must be the most. The Almond Brothers were able to reach down out of the, <laughs> and pull her in to this magical world of Georgia. <laughs> but I would never have thought as a kid, oh, I'll just tweet over to Elton John, see what he's up to today. <laughs> that would have seemed nuts to me.
0: Yeah, it, it, it was inconceivable.
2: Yeah. Well, for you, more, because you lived in New York, but I lived out in the suburbs, and the thought of a uh, cele- I saw Kenny Rogers one time, and I was over the moon about it. Never even a fan of him. Mm-hmm. Just somebody who had been on TV and the radio, and I'm like, this is amazing. There he is right there, the gambler. It's just fucking sitting there.
7: Do you think that in the past, celebrities didn't... Know as well what people actually thought of them because there wasn't social media.
11: Well, you still don't know. No, I think that people knew. I mean, people would sit there and paste together letter, you know, uh, the clippings, magazine letters, and and send, you know, notes and things like that. People know. But let's look at
2: the biggest star of our lifetime, Michael Jackson. Mm -hmm. No one is going to get that big again. He had more people who didn't like him than did, and that's the the thing to always remember. If the more you're liked. Even more people are going to dislike you because now some of it has to do with whatever weird jealousy that people have. You know what I mean? Like it's hard to believe uh, that Michael Jackson would sell like 30 million copies and yet at the same time, probably 60 million people are like, I don't like that guy. Yeah, but look what that kind of
0: fame does to people too. I made this point the other day. I don't even know if people are meant to be that famous. It's a heavy drug, man. I don't see oh, mean people like, handling it well. Like the Robin Williams famous?
2: Yeah. It's well, just we hard for about some this. people to handle I that. think that Robin Williams could have walked up to any house in America, knocked up the door, they would open it and says, Robin Williams, yeah, come and on in, come in, man. Come on in, absolutely. And, and stay
0: for a week if yeah. you want to.
2: Like the but, fact of, you know, to be a comedian and to be that well-known, when you know, you sometimes have to explain to relatives, I don't know who Louis C.K. is or, you know.
0: Yeah, there's almost nobody right. that did Russell not Peters, know. Robin you have to Williams. say no. Yeah, yeah. He's gigantic, and they're right. like,
2: "Really? I never heard yeah, of him." Yeah, exactly. But Robin Williams was known by everybody all over
0: the world. Yeah,
2: like
11: children in all different age ranges.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah so much more than just a, a comedian or an actor. Just an icon all over the world, which made it so much more devastating to people that
2: someone could feel that alone that they would go to that point. But maybe it makes you more alone. Maybe it's like a Twilight Zone episode when everybody knows you. Because no one wants well, no to live in a small town and have everybody in their business, but imagine if that small town was the planet Earth.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's very isolating. And comedy is, is a solo thing, too. Zainab and I were talking about that before. You, know, you develop your material yourself. You're out on stage alone. You know, oh, it's a
2: very lonely out of it's all the a solo arts, thing you're traveling you know, by yourself a lot of times I mean even a painter yeah a painter doesn't have to go to Iowa for a week and just sit there
0: <laughs> you know painting <laughs> not knowing anyone and then showing it to strangers on the stage how do you like <laughs> is this is painting
2: this <laughs> Yeah, is this good I just She's painted a... this today
0: <laughs> I don't know if it's good or not <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> painting on stage
6: Zaynab Johnson's here with us. She is performing at the Comedy Zone in Charlotte, North Carolina. That's August 21st through the 23rd. Also, Zaynab is hosting the NBC Shortcuts Film Festival semifinals. That's August 19th and 20th at the SVA Theater in New York City. She's going to be on Gotham Live TV tonight on Access TV at 10 p.m. along with Jamie Lissau, who is here. Jamie's also appearing on Red Eye with Greg Gutfield on Fox News tomorrow night and Jeffrey Gurian in the studio with us. He's the MC for the New York's Funniest Reporter Show. That's happening Sunday, September 14th at 5.30 p.m. at the Comic Strip in Manhattan.
2: I think Richard Johnson's going to win. Do You think? I don't know. He's not even in it. this year. Who's
0: all in it? Who are the big reporters? Oh, gee, I don't remember the names. I just remember uh, Brooke Baldwin from CNN. and You know, I had a list. I didn't bring it with me. A lot hmm. of names that I'm not that familiar with, but there were well-known people. I looked them up. How do you bring them up, though? Do you bring them up like... Well, what happens is each one of them works with a mentor, somebody that's going to coach them on how to do stand-up comedy. And interestingly, I've been involved with this thing for the whole nine years, every year. And it's always interesting. News people tend to be very funny. They're good with copy. They can take stuff, you know. So what you do is, the way I work with them is I let them tell me what they think is funny and then write material about that. You know, if you're writing for a comic who already has premises of their own that they like, it's a lot easier. But when you're working with news people... I let them pick out what they think is funny and then write stuff about that. So you don't have to convince them that what you're doing is funny. You they have it's, them it's come out with giant
2: tuna sandwiches. That's what, yeah. <laughs> <it's> <laughs> too much tuna. And a very big pen. It's a gigantic <laughs> pen that he carries around. A gigantic pen. anybody ask you if they have a pen use today? could to my pen Yeah. Uh,
0: not yet today, but I'm waiting. Good. I'll keep it there.
11: Oh, is that the case. purpose of it?
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, I just carry silly shit with me. I, I carry a big spoon. You know, I carry a tiny spoon. I like to put un- unusual things in my spoon. pocket just in case it makes me laugh. I do it for me. It's ridiculous. Someone told me uh, I thought you were a coke spoon. addict when I
2: saw that no, spoon. I'm, I'm fascinated, <laughs> <Giant> I'm fascinated <laughs> by spoons.
1: Will, let's see a the
2: tiny boy. spoon. A tiny spoon. Yeah, I got a tiny spoon too. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that was a the tiny exact spoon. side. Remember isn't when? That cute. Yeah, but do I you might, remember I, when I think McDonald's had them, and then they stopped when everybody was using them as coke spoons? I,
0: I'm not surprised, but I yeah. do remember that. They actually. It's a perfect key bump. What would you do with this in McDonald's? Such a tiny spoon. This is what for what like a
11: little thing of coffee, I think. Those like it? samples. That's like a, a sample spoon, spoon, isn't it? I mean, that's smaller than a sample spoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's I it's would
2: even. Yeah, that's a coke spoon. There's no other reason for that. Wear it around your neck. <laughs> and then you do. Then you have that long, the long pinky nail. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's a nice look. Yeah, <laughs> for eighteen ten, right? Right. Only yeah. the devil
2: and <laughs> coke freaks
11: would have do that look.
2: Pinky nail. Right? Yeah. Yeah, you were just on last comic standing. This I year. was. Yeah. What, what did you think of the experience?
11: I I, enj- I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, You know, I haven't been doing comedy for very long, so for me, it was a it was a big deal. Yeah. Um. Uh. But NBC is a is a major network, and, and the executive producer was Wanda Sykes, and I think that she had the comics. She had like stand up comedy. The the look of it. Um, that was her concern. It wasn't yeah. to make fun of us. I think everybody looked good, and I think that's what she went for, and I think that's what I would
2: happened. love for them to do a show like that where they don't vote people off. I don't know whether they need to, but I'm always, like, when I watch them, I'm like, God, I wish you would let Schubert stay on a few more weeks. He's mm-hmm. so yeah, Jimmy's great. funny, and there's so many people that, have, instead of just saying, what if they just would have rounded out you know everybody does it and then at the end pick you know why does somebody have to go away every week maybe if they would have just given all those people 10 or 12 sets to do it would have yeah. been really really fun but you know what i think just
0: the exposure changes all their lives even no, if they it don't does. stay until the end it yeah. must it must help it's got to
2: help no it definitely does but i don't know why they have to get rid of people week by week just you know even if they feel this need for a contest instead of just showing it well how many do they start with like 20
0: 100. They started with
11: 100. With 100. They started with 100. Yeah, but I mean, one, let's but suppose you, you get to the, to the 10. whittle it down to like
0: 10 semifinalists, right? So yeah. you're thinking all 10 should go to the very yeah, end? Yeah, just
11: let, let
2: 10 do three minutes uh, a week and see what happens after a couple you know, weeks. You could vote every week because some people, you know, their material gets weaker, but then other people, you can see them writing more and getting stronger. I think that's the
11: point of competition though you know like if you ran track you could be fun you could be faster than somebody but on that given day at that given time for that 200 you have to run faster for that given time yeah Yeah, so it's and I I think that it would always be a tie because you always have the opportunity to change somebody's mind it's not like this is you have this is the last opportunity for you to prove yourself and that's that's the definition of competition
0: yeah you know so are people writing new material while the show is progressing, or are they using material that they've already stored away?
11: I have no idea Both. what everybody else's process is, um, but uh, you know, each show is four and a half minute sets, and whatever you do from one night, you can't do on the next night. Right. Um, but most of those comics are like headliners; they have yeah. like hours so and hours of material, thinking, so they're most just
2: people probably have stuff to draw from.
11: Yeah, right? they're just yeah, exactly. How long have you been doing stand up? It just made four years, August. Yeah. So yeah. Awesome.
2: people don't realize that in in terms
11: of stand-up, that's still really new. You yeah. Know I mean? Pe- those people have been, a lot of people on the show have been doing it for like 20, 25 years. Even, like, I just did Montreal New Faces. Yeah. And a lot of the New Face comics have been doing comedy for about eight years. Yeah. Now, you, you know? Well, most of the time they say it takes 10 years mm-hmm. before
2: you figure
11: out. Exactly who you
10: are. Yeah. On, on how long have you been doing, Jimmy? I've been here for like 15 years. And but still yeah.
2: haven't figured it out. Still haven't figured it out at <laughs> all. <laughs>
10: and I did Montreal after, you know, five, five, six years. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And how was that? Exp- that's where you you met.
10: Yeah, I met Jeffrey of Montreal. Montreal for me was an amazing, me too, amazing experience. It was like that was a feature act on the road, the middle act, making four or five hundred bucks a week, and then was on Leno ten days later after my new faces set.
2: Is that right? Yeah, and then started by the Tonight Show people, or
10: yeah, and yeah, it was Tonight Show guys were there, and then I think it was on yeah, two two three weeks afterwards was on there, and just ended up you know grabbing a manager and an agent. It was it was Uh great. Yeah, I started headlining maybe a little too soon, because sometimes that happens after you get a little yeah, bit of heat or something. It, yeah. I had to headline, I had to like really learn it at some people's clubs. Yeah, yeah. it's like
2: when celebrities yeah. decided to do stand-up yeah. and they got yeah. too yeah. much time. <laughs> yeah. You yes. know, like, oh shit, still up here. So as I told you, I was a kid actor. Uh, <laughs> and where are <laughs> you really, from, sir? Really struggling. They start working the audience,
10: yeah.
2: Uh, you know what show that you could do that, Jamie, I think you'd be great at? Home Improvement 2.
10: Oh, yeah? A, yeah. I've been getting that lately.
2: Have you really? You yeah, look like yeah. Him
10: too. Yeah. Is that why you're saying But he looks he and looks also like sounds a, lo- yeah. a lot like him. I've been getting that.
2: But that was a guy who was very comfortable in his... You know, to get that sitcom, and I know you just wrote that sitcom, you got to... Know who you are. Yeah. I think it's one of the toughest things to do. Like, to me, Rob riggle was in here the other day. And I think for me, that, that I love about him is he knows, like, what makes him an asshole. You know what I mean? Like, he could take the worst part of his personality, put it out there, and then you rub some funny on it, and it's annoying and funny at the same time. I think it's the hardest thing to do.
10: Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I just ran into Tim uh Allen at the Laugh Factory in yeah. L.A., and he's working on... He may have already done it. It was a few months ago, but he's working on... A new. He's doing stand-up again, and he uh did an hour, and we got, you know, t- said hello to him. I've never met him before, uh, a real, real nice guy, and just crushed yeah. for an hour. Just absolutely destroyed. It was all... It wasn't the tool stuff. It was more the, uh, like, stuff from his family and growing up, but, man, he is just on a tear he's he's back well, after. that's the
2: thing like people will start and think about people like them as their tv character but guys like saget and him that did that they were already just killing it before they got that job and then people like well yeah sure you got that gig but seinfeld was already seinfeld before seinfeld started you know right. he had went out and worked that for many many years before that went down. But that's cool. So he's taking it back out on the road, huh?
10: Yeah, he's doing it. I forgot what he, he said what it was for. But yeah, it's, it is a ridiculous hour of comedy. Just awesome. And he just, he's so happy to be back doing it. I'm dying to see him do it.
0: A lot of guys like to go back. Like, like famous actors who want to do like an off-Broadway play. Once they've made it, that's their great love. They go back to that. George Wallace is doing that, too. He stopped. He's not going to be in Vegas anymore. And he's mm. going back out on the road. I, I've seen George Wallace murder, pe- like people uh, grab their sides. He's a, you know, I was with him in Montreal. We're old friends, and he was in my book, and I walked around with him. You'd think the president showed up. People respect so much people they respect really George Wallace. Him. When he mm-hmm. walked in to the Funny or Die party, people ran from all over to say hello to him. He's just great, and he's going out on the road, and he's working on a lot of new stuff, and just an
2: amazing guy. Hey, Dave in Delaware, you're on the air. How you doing, buddy?
0: Hey,
8: Uh, You know, you were touching on something about the mental illness uh, aspect of, I guess, Robin Williams and his untimely death. Uh, I had a brother who had done something similar. I mean, granted, he wasn't a celebrity, but life at the party, charismatic, crazy like a Robin Williams kind, could do almost everything, and uh, similar circumstances. There's a depression inside a person like that. I don't mean to bum your show down. I just
2: wanted people to know that. No, no. We were actually... You know, like we said, you you just don't know.
8: Yeah, and I just like people to, re- listen, they are reaching out, those people. They're trying to get help. Somehow, if you notice a problem, you should address it and try to help it to help avert the situation rather than say, oh, my God, this guy's funny, sick shit he did the other night, things like that. That's not what you want to do because then you're an enabler. You know, uh, again, I just want to thank you for the time to tell you that, Ryan.
2: Okay, buddy, I appreciate you calling. Thank you. Peace. Bye. Uh, Let's go over here to uh, Bob. Bob in Virginia. How you doing, pal?
9: Hey, Ron. Great show as usual. I got a a couple things about uh, Dr. John, if you you don't mind.
2: From yesterday?
9: Yeah, from yesterday. One, listen to him talk. And the language he used, I almost felt like he may be sitting in the studio with Kerak and Ginsburg. He was saying, you know, gig and pad and he used the term cop two. And when's the last time you heard the term cop two?
2: Well, you got to remember, he was doing that stuff in the 50s. I know. When I know, those guys it, were around, you know? And that's what was the thrill about having him in here. And then his stuff is so multiracial, you know, coming out of New Orleans that. You know who really remembers certain Caribbean music and uh, Afro-Cuban, and it's just fascinating. And he's an encyclopedia of all that stuff. He's I ask you a question. Phenom- yeah,
9: um, you commented earlier. Now you know how much people love you and how much they enjoy the show. That goes without saying. You commented earlier when talking to Molly about even in your career, you felt like you've never really captured. Yeah, when you walk out, you don't figure, like, I, I really, I've never
2: done that show yet.
9: I don't never have really it. Done. Well, listen, okay. When you finished talking to Dr. John yesterday, didn't you think that that was an accomplishment, that you, that you got it?
2: I loved it, and it was a great experience for me. But last night I sat home and go, I never brought Professor Longhair to him. And no one ever talks about that. It would be fascinating to people. So, no, you never get it right.
9: I couldn't I couldn't believe you mentioned that later because at a yard sale not long ago, I bought a Dr. Longhair CD. And it's been in there, for, well, not long ago, it's been in there for a year. I listened yeah. to it over and over and over. It was great to hear his name.
2: You know, we uh, went over this today because I have a thing with celebrities now, I think, what was the number? We've done 109 hour on, of unmask with the funniest people uh, around. And then I think... Was it 500? Five, 535. 535 of interviews with celebrities, Jeez. almost exclusively about creativity. Mm-hmm. These things are fascinating, the way, the, just because I, I don't have a tendency not to talk about gossip or whatever, but just how they create their art. And it's phenomenal. We've been able to put that much stuff together. Amazing. And it's phenomenal how much beauty and art is in the world, you know, and that's Mm -hmm. why with a guy like that yesterday, you know, he's getting older, he's been around a long time, just to have him talk a little bit about that. The funniest thing I ever heard, you guys have heard of the wall of sound with uh, Phil, Spector. Phil Spector. He goes like this to me, and I've heard about it my whole life, where there would be all these instruments lined up, and he said, and he was part of it. He's played on all kinds of records, and he goes like this I think that was bullshit, man. I never saw that many people. I think he was just patting the payroll. And it was serious as hell. And I've been reading about that my whole life, and the first person go, I never saw those players. It was fantastic. He also had a parrot on his shoulder. Yeah, right. Dr. John, the night tripper, right? Isn't the night, night tripper, which night is all tripper. voodoo. And yeah. he was like... I've been in the right place at the wrong time, it, right? And he would be doing the thing of, you know, not all voodoo is bad. I bring yeah. good voodoo. It's fascinating, <laughs> man. Fascinating. Must have been a trip. Yeah, it was a night trip. <laughs> well, you guys have got Gotham tonight, and you're also doing Fox?
10: You're doing Red Eye. This
2: always kills me about comedians, how busy and hard you work at it. Everyone thinks that it's, you know, like the fun, hey, I'm skipping out on real life. But everyone works very hard at comedy now. it's
11: very difficult.
10: Yeah, like Fox News, I'm not the smartest guy. So, not only do I have to write jokes about these topics, I have to learn what they're talking about. Like, what are these topics? They'll be like, what, about the, what do you think about the, you know, whatever is in the news? You'd just
2: be on this. If you're on the Fox, you're on the side of the military, you're on the side of the church, <laughs> right. uh, side of the cops. You're like, I don't know why those people have a problem with that guy shooting a, a teenage, unarmed teenage kid. Missouri, let's get behind our police. Let's get behind the church. It's easy.
10: Mm hmm. Yeah, but we do work kind of the the comics. It is it's weird crazy. how many people think you do you do that forty five minutes a night. It's I had to get here to Omaha also. You know, it's yeah, the traveling. It's travel and the worst. All of that
2: travel is the worst even if you're on vacation Mm -hmm. it's no longer fun it takes away
0: all the pleasure
2: yeah and people are like saying like hey do you want to do that thing in Hawaii and I'm like Hawaii it's so far away (laughs) you have to get there it's great yeah when you get there Mm -hmm. you look like you you were in pain before you went to Montreal Jeffrey and then you had a ball when you were there it's always that way
0: I I hate the travel I love the the being there is cool Mm -hmm. because it's so much fun it's like comedy camp but going through security and then and the customs thing is
2: it's a You always that they're going to find something, too, don't you? Well, I'm always nervous about A giant that. spoon, a pen. <laughs> <laughs> my, what is this? My pips ring. <laughs>
0: yeah, <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> you can't take any chances going through security. So I have to pack all that shit in my suitcase. You know, you know, I got I, thrown off the plane once for the pen thing. They yeah. wouldn't let me on with that pen.
2: I just got a text from Gallagher that said, Tell Jeffrey it's too much. It's too much.
0: <laughs> it's,
1: it's much too much. <laughs>
2: All right, We got to get going. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure meeting you. Oh, pleasure to meet you. Thanks for having me. Uh, Jamie, if you ever feel like you can say that you love me, now would be the time.
10: (laughs) I do love you guys. Okay. I added guys because I can't commit.
2: Yes. Did you see that? Yeah. Uh. People will always say guys because it seems less. Mm -hmm. You know? seems less.
10: Great to see you guys, though.
2: Good to see you, man. It's been years,
10: man. Yeah. And
2: you're in Austin now?
10: Yep. In Austin, Texas. Oh, that's where you're based yeah. Yeah. Wow. All
2: right, anything we need to plug? we, we got a,
3: we got a replay coming on Monday.
2: Replay starting on Monday,
3: where? XM103, Sirius 206, Sirius XM Talk, Midnight's replays of the Ron and Fez Show.
2: Thank you, Opie. Appreciate that, buddy. That's great. Um, all right, that's it for us. See you, buddy, tomorrow. And that's it. Goodbye, Joe. Donk. With park and cars. Watched it for a little while. I love to watch things on TV. Satellite of love.
3: You know what you've been doing? You've been listening to The Ron and Fez Show. It's now over, but don't worry. You can listen again and again on Sirius XM On Demand. Go to SiriusXM.com slash On Demand. Listen to Ron and Fez whenever you want. Go to SiriusXM.com slash On Demand.